This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. (laughs) Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show presented by the Advocates Injury Attorneys. Yes. A big new sponsor on the show. Make sure you find him at utahadvocates.com. Ah, Jake, we've, yes. we've fully grown up now. Yes. And we are adding a presenting sponsor to the program. I mean, the show is healthy, and that's not that's in large part to what the listeners have done. You know, the advocates have supported my career since I moved to Utah. They have been great partners of ours. Uh, dating back to the 1320K fan days. So it is great to have the Advocates Injury Attorneys back on the program. Don't forget when you've been in an accident, um, it's likely one of the most difficult times in your life. You have somebody to fight for you. You have an advocate at the Advocates Injury Attorneys. Check them out online at utahadvocates.com. Let's go. Feels good. Let's go. Matt Driggs, who is uh, one of the partners at The Advocates. I've known Matt for many years. Thrilled to have him on the show. So welcome to The Advocates. Welcome to you. Good morning. It's Thursday. Don't forget, we will be off tomorrow as we jet our way to Hawaii. Hawaii. Um, One of the things we want to talk about later is when you go on vacation, do you worry about or care about the impact you have? On that destination, that's a big, big deal on the islands. We'll talk about that coming up. Um, hey, this situation with the Jazz, uh, uh, an NBA source asked me an interesting question. Uh, why hasn't this deal gotten done yet? We'll talk about that coming up. Football at 50 coming up. Wait until you hear from John Gruden. Because what John Gruden said. Johnny boy. At the Arkansas kickoff club. I believe it was the Arkansas, yeah, whatever not it good. is. Not good, dude. You know, a bunch of rich people who support Arkansas football. Yeah. It's kind of ridiculous. That's coming up in 20 minutes on football at 50% to buy Papa Murphy's Pizza. But right now, let's get into the Big 12 because I actually think this is a really interesting conversation um, when it comes to what is it that the Big 12 is doing right now and how stable is the Big 12. And one of the questions that's come up so often lately is, especially in the news yesterday, that the Big 12 was opening TV negotiations. One of the things that's come up so often is, how healthy is the Big 12? And is the Big 12 in better position than the Pac-12? And Jake, when I ask you that question straight away, is the Big 12 in better position than the Pac-12. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think absolutely the Big 12 is in a better position than the Pac-12. I I do think, though, that their situation is uh, multi-layer. And what I mean by that is I think that you have this situation where next year you're adding, you know, you know BYU and a couple other schools to the conference, so you're in great shape as far as that's concerned and in, in really expanding and in, in adding new lifeblood to the conference. So I think you're in great shape as far as that is concerned. Um, when I look at the Big 12 versus the Pac-12, I also think it, it's pretty obvious that the Pac-12 is in a position where, you know, it's, it's you know, and I'm not trying to exaggerate here, but you're basically burning to the ground. I mean, you're, you're talking about the Big 10 poaching a couple of your, your nameplate schools. You're talking about the Big 12 trying to, get, um, trying to get TV rights done so they can value these different markets so they can potentially poach your other schools. So, like, 
the 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 Pac-12 to me is is obviously on the chopping block. But when I look at the Big 12, we need to be careful when we look at the Big 12 because the Big 12 is not exactly bulletproof. I mean, you're like I've been saying for a couple of weeks now. You know, not today, not tomorrow, not the next five years. But the Big 12 is one of those conferences where if the Big 10 and the SEC start to get a little hungry and want more expansion, the Big 12 is one of the conferences that would be on the chopping block first. So I think right now, if you're the Big 12, you're simply saying, okay, we need to solidify ourselves. We need to strengthen ourselves and we need to put ourselves in the best position possible. So that's why I think the Big 12 right now is being so aggressive. And I think this TV stuff is really interesting. I mean, yesterday we get this update that they're they're, you know, beginning conversations, yeah. which is different than entering an exclusive negotiating window in TV and there was a lot of conjecture and conversation about, hey, well verbiage and this was said this way for a certain reason. And so there's a lot of that at play, I feel like. But all of that to say, I do feel like the Big 12 is in obviously a better position right now than the Pac-12. Talking Big 12 versus Pac-12 here on the Monty Show presented by the Advocates Injury Attorneys. And I think one of the things that really comes to mind for me when we talk about the Big 12 and, and you look at this situation where they're going to open up TV negotiations. This is smart business. A lot of people have asked, hey, is this a sign of vulnerability? Does this show weakness in the Big 12? I actually think it shows strength. I think it's pragmatic business thinking if you're the Big 12 because there is no downside. Let's say that you do not, you know, come to a new agreement or you cannot or you don't agree, whatever. Okay, well, you've got 18 months to get that problem solved, right? Yep. But what's the upside? Look at the positive here. If you are the Big 12, if you're ESPN and Fox and you're able to come to an early window, uh, an early agreement in this window, what that allows you to do is is handle this this Texas and Oklahoma situation. Um, Texas and Oklahoma would like to leave the conference early. Texas and Oklahoma, as you know now, at the latest, will join the SEC in the 2025 season. Well, that's fully three seasons away from now. So that's a lot of years if you are Texas and Oklahoma. And frankly, if the Big 12 can get this deal done, one of the things that's being brought up is, hey, should they allow Texas and Oklahoma to leave the conference as soon as that TV deal's done? So let's say a year from now, Texas and Oklahoma are in the SEC. Is that a good move? Well, I would tell you it's not a good move, and I would not allow Texas and Oklahoma to leave the conference early. I think Texas and Oklahoma have committed treason against this conference, frankly. I think when you look at what Texas and Oklahoma have done, I think they're no different than USC and UCLA. Mm -hmm. What Texas and Oklahoma did was try to torpedo the conference. They, want, they have been for how long, and this is the same question about USC and UCLA, how long have you been taking the Big 12's water and watering the SEC's lawn? Yes. How long have you been doing that? And if you're Texas and Oklahoma, my guess is it had been at least for a year. And to me, that is just unforgivable. I am not allowing Texas and Oklahoma to save a damn dime when they leave this conference. Yeah. If Texas and Oklahoma want to get out early, you're going to pay to get out early. The minimum when you leave in 2025 is $80 million. Mm -hmm. You want to leave early? Let's say it's $10 million per year early that you want to leave. Oh, you want to leave two years early? Okay, well, we're going to call it $100 million per school then. I would not give them a break in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, and what I love about this whole conversation is, is Texas and Oklahoma are, are kind of doing exactly what 
you just described as far as, you know, taking the Big 12's money and watering another conference. They're basically saying, in, in an effort to get out of paying this, they're basically saying, oh, well, we're, we're fulfilling our commitments and we're really loyal and we're not looking to screw the conference by leaving early. But, hey, if we leave early because you want to do a TV deal, we're not looking to pay the $80 million. And so I feel like they're trying to leverage this, this sort of TV conversation to try to get out of paying that fee. And I just feel like it's conniving, it's scheming, it's classic, you know, college football, inner workings, under-the-rug type stuff. And I just feel like, you know, Texas and Oklahoma are major brands, man. You're not, you're. this isn't some, like, D2 nobody school. These yeah. are, like, Heisman winners, like, multiple memories, like, uh, just big schools. So no, I just, these are big money-making schools yeah. for your conference. Yes. And that they went behind your back. Yes. Like, that's why I think it's so unforgivable what what UCLA and USC did in the Pac-12. I think it's absolutely unforgivable. USC, and for those of you who don't know this story, USC's president was asked to be part of a meeting where you had all of the presidents in that group, which was, I think, five or six presidents, talking about, hey, should we be expanding the Pac-12? This was a year ago. Carol Fultz. Yeah, Car the, well, I didn't yeah. want to say her name, but Carol Folt, the president at USC, was on that group. She was on that that committee that was asked to meet to talk about expanding the Pac-12. She said, no, point blank, this is not the time. I'm not interested to have any conversation. And then turned around and went to the Big Ten mm -hmm. and took UCLA with her. That I mean, it's unforgivable. Why would you allow them? And this is what I say about what Mike Gundy said at Big 12 Media Day. Heck, no, you should not have Oklahoma and Texas in the room. Heck, no, you should yeah. not have USC and UCLA in the room having conversations about what's best for the conference. They don't care what's best for the yeah. conference. They're leaving. Yeah. So, no, I'm not going to include them in discussions. No, I'm not going to ask their opinion because their opinion is meaningless unless you are the SEC or the Big Ten. Yeah. That's where their opinion matters. So, you want to go there now? Pay me early to get out. Yep. Pay me early to get out. You want to you wanna get it, take advantage, and start making more money? Well, we need to make money too. I would not give them a discount of any kind because the other thing we got to talk about here is the health of the Big 12 is remarkably strong considering Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. And if the Pac-12 wants to survive, they ought to take a look at what the Big 12 did. Now, the problem is the Big 12 is actively working, in my opinion, to undercut the Pac-10. And by the way, did anybody hear the news that Washington State is the latest Pac-12 school to talk to the Big Ten? Uh -huh. So it's uh -huh. just it, to me, it's just a matter of and time. And that's why I say when when we, you know we start the conversation by just simply asking the question: When you look at the Big 12 and the Pac-12, who's in a better position? Well, I just think with with all the conversations of these Pac-12 schools to different conferences. Obviously, the Big 12 is in is in better health right now, in better position right now. But I'm telling you, one thing you have to consider in all of this, like if you're futuristic about it, it would it surprise anybody if in 10 years the SEC and the Big 10 did the exact same thing to this conference? I almost yeah. feel like we're walking down the yellow brick road right here. Like, hey, we're at the beginning. The Pac-12 is dissolving. Big 10 took some. Big 12 took some. Okay, great. And now we're going to move right along to the Big 12 going down that same path. And so until that conversation begins a decade from now, if I'm the Big 12, yeah, I am trying to make my money on, on these schools that tried to screw me. I am trying to, to, to hold them down and, and make sure that 
that that they pay up because they did try to screw you and I, and I just it's unbelievable to me that the idea would even come up that that Texas and Oklahoma would get out of paying their 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 exit fee. It's it's truly incredible with what they did. I could see if Texas and Oklahoma, you know, were leaving the conference and and did it in good faith and were 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 in a good place, like the relationship was fine, but they just wanted to leave and they did it right and they did it publicly and they did it in front of everybody. Okay, then I might be more open to hey, this this is a good relationship. We're leaving as friends. But that's not what you did here, and that's and I feel like we're seeing a trend of 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 schools the caliber of Texas, Oklahoma, SC. You know, obviously UCLA, but I but I really put it at those three doing the hey no don't expand, but then I'm going to go and screw you uh, strategy, and 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 I'm not going to be surprised the next time that happens, and so that's why when the SEC is so militant about TV deals and making sure they're getting paid and making sure that their schools are fed. Yeah. Do you do you know why that's the case? Because when your schools are fed, they don't feel the need to go to another conference and thus alleviates the issue. Well, I, I just think when you're when you're looking at the money that's on the line, I think you have to be you have to be very aware and you have to be very financially pragmatic if you're these conferences. I look at Utah and <clears throat> I look at BYU and I say these are these are very important moments in time. I mean, again, I only point to the statement made by Kyle Whittingham um, a couple of weeks ago now, where he talked about the importance of you know winning these games when you go to uh, places like Florida. You know the importance of the Pac-12 to make noise on the national uh, scene. Whenever we get the opportunity like that, we have to make the most of it. And when he says make the most of it, you got to win that game. Yeah. And the reason you got to win that game is because you really need to impress people like the Big 12. Because I'm one of the people in the camp that says Utah absolutely belongs in the Big 12. I think they can compete and play in any conference in this country. Their best fit feels like the Big 12 to me. Yeah. And I think when you look at what's on the line for Utah at Florida this weekend, they're a three-point favorite, 5 p.m. kickoff Mountain Time in Gainesville on Saturday. This is a massive, massive football game. And I I don't know that you can quantify the importance of this game. I don't know that you can quantify the ability of Utah to make an impact on those decision makers in the Big 12. I, I don't. You can't tell me if Utah goes down to Florida and wins, that they don't become instantly more recognizable to the Big Ten. If the Big Ten is talking to Washington State, are you telling me the Big Ten's not talking to Utah? Yeah. Man, I have a hard time believing that. Yeah, and I think I think what the Big Ten's done is they've said, hey, we just want these the the premier brands, if you will. We want the 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 stylish car, if you will, in Oregon and in Washington, you know? And Utah, I do feel like, is right there with those teams. And again, We've had the branding conversation. We've had the conversation about how Utah has to get better on that front. But ultimately, if you're winning football games and you're doing it in a fashion where you're able to go to Florida, you're able to go out east into a different time zone, you're able to beat them and control that game and and, and handle your business. I mean, what kind of message does it send if you beat Florida by 10 points at their place on the road week one? I mean, that sends a really strong message that, hey, 
we're a really good team. We can compete with anybody. Why would you not want us in your conference? Yeah. And I feel like the only reason the Big Ten doesn't want Utah in its conference is because it's Utah. It's not the sexy pick. It's not it's not Seattle or or LA or Portland or whatever. It's not technically a major market by Big Ten standards. But Salt Lake is a major market. And at some point, I think Utah needs to help itself and, and get that get that side of the business going because it's moments like this where you look back five years from now and you're like, damn, dude, like like we could have been part of that $7 billion TV deal. We could have been part of a $10 billion TV deal and we didn't make that money. Instead, we're wherever we are with the Big 12. Yeah, I just think you have to really – this game is huge for Utah. I mean, it is. It's yeah. absolutely huge. Let's get some of your comments in here this morning. Kurt Myers first in. And, Kurt, I think your comment was like 20 seconds after we posted the show this morning. Really? I think he maybe just posted <laughs> up. He wanted to remind us not to forget the uh, sunblock for our trip to Hawaii. Did you just call me a Caucasian man, sir? I, I believe he did. I believe he did. Kurt Meyer says 365 Sports reported a few days ago that Houston was considering joining the pack. I have a hard time believing that. And I've heard that rumor repeatedly and it's usually from people in Texas. Yeah. I that just that makes no sense to me. That makes no sense. Uh Neville 93 says good morning beautiful world. Uh let's see West Virginia guy says LOL. What's up West Virginia guy? Not a very big night for you guys, is it? You kidding me? Uh Snooka Snooka says let's go. Morning y'all. What's up my friends? Uh Robert Lambert says Buenos dias. This show is awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Hola, Billy says, congrats uh, on the growth. Guys, earned every bit of it. Appreciate y'all. Let's go, Pre Utes. Appreciate that. Thank you. The Monty Show now, as you can see on the screen, is presented by uh, The Advocates, uh, which is a big deal for us. Uh, check them out online, utahadvocates.com. Um, let's see. Kanai Johnson says, good morning. Enjoy the islands. Have you guys, Snuka wants to know, have you guys tried zippies in Hawaii? No, I haven't even heard of Zippies, to be honest with you. What is it? What, what kind of what? Tell us more about it. What kind of food is it? Like what? What is what is it? I agree. Jimmy Touchdown is Jimmy. still obsessing over this BYU volleyball situation. Jimmy, how Jimmy, are we doing, Jimmy? Jimmy wants to give us a five dollar tip to say that we're liars and we should be apologizing for what? For what? What did we lie about? He says it's the Monty and Midget Man show, and he says that um, we should be apologizing. For what? what? For what exactly? What, what 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 should we be apologizing for? And, and Jimmy, this is this is what I would say to you. If you're so unhappy with the show, please stop tipping us. We don't want your money. If you're so unhappy with the show, because again, if you're just going to sit here and tip us and and put out ridiculous lies and insults, I'm just not going to read your comment. I mean, there there's just no reason to 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 show up here every day pay us your probably hard-earned money and then think we're just going to have you on the show to like lob insults. Like we're not, that's not the vibe of our show. We're not going to, yeah. we're not going to play that game with you. So if you want to sit here and, and pay us $5 to insult us, I mean, feel free, you know, but I just don't, I, I mean, I think it, I, I just don't think we lied about anything. I no. think we had a great conversation about it. And San Diego state Aztecs 21 makes a good point. Jimmy TD, all money ain't good money. And I don't want your money, man. Like yeah. I, I'm just not that interested in it. You're you're the the hate that you want to bring. I mean, it's just so far over the top. 
I mean, it's just yeah. ridiculous. Matt Ritson says Pac-12 is Limburger Cheese and Winers Conference. <laughs> That's kind of the 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 stigma that surrounds the Pac-12. Yeah. The wine and cheese Napa crowd. Yeah, and I think the problem is is that you don't... This is kind of what I was saying about the SEC. You notice we never hear these conversations about the SEC, right? Like, we never hear, oh, well, this team's leaving, and they don't want to be here, and they, they said, no, don't expand, and then they screwed the conference. Well, you don't really hear that about the SEC. Well, why is that? Because the SEC wins the biggest football games, they play in the most games of leverage, and they pay their schools. That's why. And I think it's just, it's incredible to me that for so long, the Pac-12, right, formerly the Pac-10, and now, you know, we're heading to, what, the Pac-8, I guess, um, for so long didn't prioritize winning, didn't prioritize making money. And that is why we're here. And that's why I say when we ask the question of, hey, is the Big 12 healthy? Is the Big 12 in a position of, of strength, if you will? I'm not ready to say they're in a position of strength. I am ready to say that they are healthy, and I do think that it is smart to get ahead of these TV conversations because if you think about it, had the Pac-12, you know, had the Pac done this same thing, if they had gotten ahead of the TV conversation, if they had had a streaming deal, if they had had a direct TV deal, if you had been on ESPN regularly, like on a weekly basis, we wouldn't be here. SC wouldn't have left. UCLA wouldn't have gone with them. Oregon wouldn't be talking to the Big Ten. Utah wouldn't be looking at the Big 12 wishing they could get into the Big Ten. That wouldn't be taking place. So I think the Big 12 is fine, but it, the Pac-12 thing is just still so disappointing because they could have been so much more. All right, let's get to football at 50 every hour, 10 to the hour right here on Monty in the Morning when we bring you the biggest stories in football uh, presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Papa Murphy's Pizza, take and bake pizza at its finest. Let's go. Um, absolutely make sure you join us at Barbecue Pit Stop on se September 17th as we give away our trip to see uh, BYU and Notre Dame at the Shamrock Series in Las Vegas uh, on October 7th and 8th. Um, we're going to have Papa Murphy's Pizza on the smoker. It's yes. going to be amazing. You're literally going to see how easy it is to make the pizza on a smoker. It's yeah, crazy. In fact, we smoked Papa Murphy's Pizza last night. Incredible. Original uh, crust. We got the mushroom, the onion mix, the mozzarella cheese. Mozzarella. I think the key is getting barbe barbecue sauce instead of the usual red pizza sauce. Uh -huh. Get barbecue sauce. It's a game changer on your pizza. Absolute barbecue sauce and green onions makes the world go round. Yes. I am convinced. Oh, by the way, when you go to Papa Murphy's uh, Pizza, you can order online. Use the promo code MONTY25 for 25% off your order of $25 or more. Breaking news in the National Football League this morning. Uh, Adam Schefter reporting the Broncos and Russell Wilson have agreed on a five-year, $245 million contract with $160 million in guarantees. Russell Wilson... He gets that bag, $245 million from the Broncos. Your initial thoughts on that? Uh, my initial thoughts on that are I think that Russell Wilson, you know, the last couple of years in Seattle sort of, 
you know, and this has nothing to do with him individually. Like, I think he just sort of fell off the radar a bit here because he was playing in Seattle, and they were not a good team. And it was constantly him having to run run around and not get hit, you know, and, and play that whole role as a quarterback. And I think that Russell Wilson, uh, would anyone be surprised if dude rolled out and was like a 4,000, 5,000-yard passer and had an MVP caliber season? I wouldn't be surprised. And I think that this is what happens when you find a new home. This is what happens when you get that fresh start. There's a lot of momentum. There's a lot of positivity. There's a lot of like, hey, I got proving to do. We talk all the time when we have the NBA conversation about guys in a prove-it year. Well, clearly Russell Wilson's done enough proving to get paid, but I think from a legacy perspective, this is a huge moment in time for his career. We know that, hey, you should have handed it off to Marshawn, right? And that wasn't in Wilson's control. But but I'm being serious. Wow. I'm being serious. Think about it. When you think about Russell Wilson. You should have handed it off. You should have handed it off. Like, if I'm being cold-blooded about it, you should have handed it off. And I think that it... It, you can take that as a joke or tongue in cheek, <laughs> but I'm being serious, man. Think about this guy's legacy. You're one, you're what, two yards away from being a Super Bowl champion? And instead, what do we get? A pick to end the game. So when I say this is important, that's what I'm talking about. You're going to a new organization with a fresh start. You're on a big contract. It's time to carry the team. Yeah. And we'll see if he can do that. Yep. I, I think uh, you look at this tweet from uh, Adam Schefter. Russell Wilson is a nine-time Pro Bowl QB, a Super Bowl champion, the winningest QB in the first 10 years in NFL history, and now the highest-paid Bronco player in history before he even takes a snap for the franchise. Yep. Russell Wilson agrees on a $245 million extension You know, uh, with the Denver Broncos, $160 million guaranteed. And let's be honest, this is good business out of the Broncos. I mean, oh, yeah. Again, yeah, absolutely. You know, this whole, you know, you look around the league and you, you look at the Lamar Jackson situation and you look at some of these other, you know, like the Jimmy G situation before that got resolved. You either have a guy or you don't. Like, the teams that have bona fide starting franchise-level quarterbacks are successful, and the teams who don't have that or the teams who are in limbo are not successful. So, to me, this is just good business. You went out, you traded for him, get it done, lock him up, and then move forward. I love this deal. Football 50% by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Check them out online, papamurphys.com, and use promo code MONTY25 for 25% off your order um, I think obviously, you know, one of the other bigger stories in football right now is this John Gruden video. Uh, and I want to play this video because I think it's it's really important to understand where John Gruden's at. And what I think is so interesting about this John Gruden video is just the level of emotion that he has when he's talking to the to this football club. Well, I appreciate it. I'm I'm not gonna um uh, say anything but honest things here. I'm ashamed about uh, what has uh, come about in these emails, and I'll make no uh, excuses for it. It's just, it's, it's shameful. But uh, I am a good person. I believe that. I, I'm, I, I go to church. I've been married for 31 years. I got three great boys. I still love football. I've made some mistakes, but I don't think anybody else in here hasn't. Uh, and I just ask for forgiveness, and hopefully I get another shot. There you go. John Gruden at the uh, Arkansas Razorbacks Touchdown Club. I mean, he says he goes to church. He goes, I'm a good person. I go to church. 
Well, there's a lot of bad people who go to church. Yes. I mean, what does one have to do with the other? I think this video is fascinating only because John Gruden's a guy that I think really struggles with credibility now. When when you are a racist and these emails come out and you're suing the Raiders, like I don't think there's any way, shape, or form that somebody's going to give him another shot. Yeah, and I think that I, I the thing that I struggle with so much, and, and and maybe this is a bigger conversation, I don't know, but but we shouldn't like we shouldn't in our country or in sports or otherwise lean on faith or religion or a church to justify if we're a good person or not. Yeah, and I, I agree. know that that's a controversial thing, but I just feel like whether you believe or don't believe or you go to church or you don't go to church, like that's a personal choice. And you're not a bad person for going to church and you're not a good person for not going to church. Like, I think it's just a personal choice and I don't think that it should be involved in are you racist or not. Yep, I agree. Football 50 presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. No one goes all in on made-from-scratch freshness like Papa Murphy's. Because when you go all in, people notice. Go all in with the Triple Pet Pizza for just $11.99. Papa Murphy's. Change the way you pizza. There you go. Football 50 presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Make sure when you order your Papa Murphy's Pizza online or in person, you use the promo code MONTY25. M-O-N-T-Y, MONTY25. Well, all one word, no spaces. No spaces, all like, caps. It, should, it saved us $9, $9 if you order two pizzas. It'll yeah. save you $9. Yep. Which is pretty it's legit. Dang good. It's worth it. It's, it I'm is. telling you, it's worth it. You get, you get at the end of that long week, Friday night, don't want to make dinner for the kids, order it up, man. And the cool thing is, last thing I'll say, I know we got to move on. The cool thing is, and you you can talk about this. I think you did it through the app where you can order ahead. So like you had ordered our dinner at like 10 in the morning. Yeah, we had a really busy day yesterday. So what we do when we order Papa Murphy's, um, and we, we order Papa Murphy's pretty much once a week. We're going to Hawaii, so we did it a day early uh, this week. So I just ordered it at 10 in the morning. Um, and it asks you what time do you want to pick it up? You can click ASAP and it'll be there right as soon as you walk in the door. Or what you can do is you can put five o'clock, which is what I did. Uh, walked in the door at five o'clock. Jake actually walked in and there, there they were sitting. Bada on the boom, rack, so bada bing. It was perfect. Uh, all right. One, one other comment I want to get in on this BYU thing. Yeah. I'm not talking about the BYU volleyball story today because a it's, we're talking football and, and jazz today, but the optimist it says, shouldn't Monty at least acknowledge that the entire volleyball story appears to be a lie? Go back and watch the show. We talked Bro. about it yesterday <laughs> at nauseum, which is why Jimmy Touchdown was so pissed uh, because we said it was a lie yesterday or not a lie. That's not true. We don't know if it's a lie. There's no proof that it's a lie. Bro, we had a whole con again, like we had a back. whole we had a whole conversation about it yesterday. Yeah, on the show, like I I this is this is it. it this is what burns me out about people like the optimist and Jimmy touchdown. Like you with guys, all due respect. you guys just no, not with all due respect. You guys just want to stir the pot and I'm not interested Jimmy. If you're or the optimist, if you're that upset about it, you don't have to be here, man. Like it is, it is so frustrating to me that you, you want to make comments about, you know, all of this stuff. And I, I just think you don't know what you're talking about. So if, if you, you go back and, and watch the show yesterday, we updated the story. When there's a new part of the story, we'll update it again. It really is that simple. All right, 7 o'clock, uh, Monty in the morning, presented by the Advocates, uh, Utah Advocates uh, Injury Attorneys. I'm telling you guys, um, 
great to have the advocates back on the Monty Show. They supported us uh, for so many years now. Matt Triggs was a partner of ours when we were at 1320K Fan. Um, and the advocates know if you need to call them, you're in a tough spot. You've had an accident, you're injured, you're stressed, you're worrying about money. Don't worry about that stuff. The reason they're the advocates is because they advocate for you. They step in when you are not capable of doing that. And the best part is it's absolutely free. No upfront cost. You call them for a free consultation. That's exactly what it is. And the best part, I think, that that the, the advocates have has done as injury attorneys, they know that sometimes it's uncomfortable. It's it's awkward. You can actually chat with them online at utahadvocates.com. Monty in the Morning, presented by the Advocates Injury Attorneys, utahadvocates.com. The biggest stories in sports this morning. I think there's no question about it. The Big 12 and all of these, these talking points around what the Big 12 is doing right now this TV thing combined with what's going on with Texas and Oklahoma now, the news came out yesterday from Pete Thamel at ESPN that the Big 12 wants to open early negotiating windows with ESPN and Fox. It feels almost exploratory at this point. Mm -hmm. And what they want to do is they want to value their properties and figure out what the value of potential new members are. So if you're looking at San Diego State, Utah, let's say, what are those schools worth to a TV network like Fox and ESPN? It's smart business in my opinion, but what do you get? All of a sudden you get Oklahoma and Texas who cannot wait to bail for the SEC. You get Oklahoma and Texas saying, well, if you're going to open up negotiations early, we're going to bail right now. Well, oh, contraire, my friends, it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. For those of you who don't know, Oklahoma and Texas each owe $80 million uh, to leave the conference early. So when you leave early, you got to pay 80 million. That's in 2025. And the question now is if Oklahoma and Texas are allowed to leave early, let's say, do you make them pay more money and buy those years that they want to leave early, the two extra years? I say absolutely. If you're the 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 Big 12 and Oklahoma and Texas want to leave early, hallelujah. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord splits you, right? Yeah. But you got to pay me $100 million for the privilege of leaving the conference early. And by the way, that's each school, right? Yeah, that's per school. Yeah. $80 million per school when they leave in 2025. I say you make them pay more. Uh, Stephen Smith uh, gives us a $10 tip. Appreciate that, Stephen. Thank you. Do you think that the Big 12 will convince a certain school to come back to the conference like Missouri, who has fallen off since joining the SEC? This is the Nebraska conversation in the Big uh -huh. Ten. And it's an important one. The problem is the money in the SEC is going to be higher. Your ability to leverage, recruit, TV deals, third-tier deals, digital deals are all higher because you're in the SEC. And at some point, you would think a school like Missouri, and I understand that they have really struggled since they joined the SEC. Oh. I mean, Let's be honest about it. Missouri is irrelevant. Yeah. I mean, they are the Purdue of the SEC, right? I mean, <laughs> I think when you when you look at at these conferences, every conference has that particular school. You know. In the Big 12, I mean, I I don't know in football it's certainly Kansas, but not basketball. So this kind of takes Kansas into a different realm, but you have every conference has that school that just doesn't matter. I think if you are Nebraska, you're probably that school in the Big 10. In the Pac-12, it's interesting. I don't know exactly who that would be. It's probably Cal because Cal does not excel in football or basketball. Yeah. The question is, when all of this realignment happens 
and the money becomes more equal because I think that's what you're going to see. I think the Big Ten, I mean, they're, they're, they're over $100 million per school at the end of the day. The question is, if Nebraska were ever to go back to the Big 12, let's say, are they ever making that kind of money? Yeah. And my guess is probably not. So, you know, Stephen Smith, I, I don't think you're going to get Missouri going back to the, the Big 12, let's say, because I think they're too financially paid in the SEC, in my opinion. Yeah, what incentive is there? I mean, who who? I mean, for them, you know, who cares if they're winning football games if you're getting paid? I mean, that's, that's just the age-old adage. Like, hey, if it's guaranteed I'm getting paid, then performance on the field doesn't necessarily matter from an institution, you know, level. Like, it just doesn't. Yeah, and I think that's right. that... The problem is, is, is that, you know, like if you're, if you're running that school, you're like, all right, well, we got to be very conscious of when, you know, the conversation starts to brew of us having to leave the conference or some sort of change that would force us out of the conference, because then you, you don't have recruiting, you don't have big name players, you don't really have anything helping you. So you're not really attractive to another conference. That's the only risk you run, but there would be no point to them leaving at this point. Uh, Rhino Reselling says, does West Virginia have a chance tonight in the brawl? And what is the over-under number of arrests made at the stadium? Well, it is sold out. <laughs> it is sold out. And for those of you who don't know, you get uh, West Virginia pit tonight in one of the most yes, anticipated yes, yes. games of the early season. I, I think this game has a lot. Of, I was looking at it this morning, and I want to say the line moved. Mm -hmm. um, I need to look that up real quick. But I absolutely think in this kind of game, in this kind of game, I think that you absolutely have more than a puncher's chance um, of, of winning this game. I mean, it's going to be tough. Let's be honest. I think, in my opinion anyway, yeah. um, the backyard brawl is one of the best games of the year. Yeah, Pitt's minus 7.5, over-unders 51.5. So it is only 51.5. Yeah. That seems low to me in this style of game. I mean... Let me let me look at... There's, you know, the number... In, in, you can find different numbers, obviously, so let's see. Let's see what a couple other people are saying. Like, yeah, I see. I see seven and a half pretty consistently. Actually, I think it's great to have this game back on the college football schedule. Yeah, I think it's great that it is a it is a you know an early game mm -hmm. um, in the season because I think both of these teams need a, a good push. And whoever wins this game, and, and I think obviously most of us feel like Pitt's going to win this game. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like that gives them that gives them a good push. I I think one of the things that's so interesting is that this is moved to seven seven and a half because I'm I'm pretty positive FanDuel had it at six and a half when it opened. Yeah, the boys in Vegas have it have it now do have it at seven and a half um, and fifty one and a half. So that that's definitely the number. But um, I I think you're right. It had it was a little bit lower. Yeah, I it well, I, I'm pretty sure it was it opened at six and a half at FanDuel. That's yeah. that's the last time I would say. Yeah. Um it's been too long. I think it's been, isn't it uh, ten years? Eleven years since this game's been played. I mean, like Pitt's always had the upper hand, it feels like. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what we'll see what exactly what exactly happens. I, I just think that, you know, you you have to find a way, in in my opinion. You have to find a way. You, you got to throw the football if you're West Virginia. Mm -hmm. You have to get the ball down the field. If you are going to have a chance, you have to have a big night. I, I just think... So, 
they haven't played since 2011, so you're correct. It's so it is 11 years. Yeah, it's, it's it's been quite a minute. Um, West Virginia has won each of the last three meetings in the series, but Pitt right. leads the all-time series 60, by a lot. 61. Uh, they're 61 and 40 in the yeah, all-time by a series. Lot. Yeah. So I mean, they it's they they have obviously dominated the matchup. But I think, but see, I think this ma- this particular matchup sort of I think can play into the expansion conversation because we get like if you think about it. This Big Ten thing, where you're where you're having SC and and like let's say Ohio State play, like that's the kind of matchup every college football fan wants. When I look at the Big Twelve, you know Utah and BYU being able to play the Holy War every year is exactly what every college football fan wants. And so when I see matchups like this that are basically rekindled and brought back to life, I love it. And I think that the sport is now starting to understand that hey, it's not good enough just to have some rando football game on TV. We need to create an environment for marquee, no doubt about it, must-watch matchups, and that's what this is. Your favorite quarterback ever is a guy named Keaton Slovis. Mm -hmm. He sucks. Yeah, he's not my favorite quarterback. (laughs) Jake and I routinely uh, talked about Keaton and his inability to lead USC. Well, now I think when you you figure out he's stepping in for Kenny Pickett at Pitt. Yep. I mean, Keaton Slovis, they're going to have to protect him because he's not a guy you want running all over the place. He's certainly not a guy you want throwing under pressure. It's going to be interesting to see how Keaton Slovis fits into that whole system. But, you know, I, I think one of the things that's interesting is that I want to say that Pitt's line was 23rd uh, out of 64 last year. Are they better or worse? I, I just just watch Keaton Slovis yes. because again, I think if Keaton Slovis is turning the ball over like we know Keaton Slovis can, I actually think uh, Rhino reselling. I actually think they have a chance. West Virginia's got more than a puncher's chance uh, to win this game, so it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting to see how all of that turns out. Don't forget. We are sending two listeners to see BYU and Notre Dame at the Shamrock Series in Las Vegas, Allegiant Stadium, October 7th and 8th. And it is all presented by our good friend Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage, NMLS number 278545. Here's how you enter this contest. And I want to make sure that we understand the importance of this deal because you are really in your last weeks of opportunity to get to any of the five barbecue pit stop locations in Utah, Layton, Lehigh, Logan, Salt Lake City, right there in Murray, and St. George. And by the way, shout out to Kenny from St. George, who told me he went into barbecue pit stop in St. George and entered the contest. Love you, dude. Love our St. George listeners. I know we have a, a mighty contingent. Uh, it's about 3,000 of you. Down and in we love Southern Utah. You. We love you guys. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Get to Barbecue Pit Stop. Fill out the slip online. Chat with them online at bbqpitstop.com. You can absolutely engage with the guys on their website. Super easy to do. But I'm telling you, you're going to go to Barbecue Pit Stop to get the rubs, the spices, the seasonings. You're going to do that. Look at the smokers. Go and look at the Timberline series and again i'm just gonna keep saying it we gave away a a traeger ironwood series on this show chris karn won it two yeah chris karn arlington Arlington bears Bears won it um you know we've had in the last couple of weeks we've had two of our listeners go into barbecue pit stop to enter our driveway contest what he was just talking about but simultaneously when they went in barbecue pit stop was giving away smokers and what do you know just by some magic fairy dust holy cow two of our listeners actually won 
Smokers, like they walked out with a smoker. Incredible. So that's what I'm saying. Go in there. Check it out. Even if you don't win the smoker, the Italian chop house seasoning is a must-have if you're a wing fanatic. No, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, the best seasoning in any barbecue pit stop is the Kinder Taco seasoning. Well, that's true. I'm telling that's you, true. Right. it's true. We make we make ground turkey with yes. the Kinder Taco seasoning. It's I want it. it's a game changer. Now, having said that, wings on the smoker with the Chop House Italian Kinder seasoning, <laughs> and I'm a Kinder guy. There's a million and one flavors, rubs, spices. Yeah. They, he we use their their um the the rub for the oh my god, not broccoli, but the white one. Cauliflower? Cauliflower. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> We're getting old, Mike. Um, their cauliflower crust. Yeah. Yeah, Ooh. that's phenomenal, Steve, too. The, the, Steve, the founder and owner of the Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh. Yeah. He just gave us this this crust, this rub, this batter almost. And it's amazing. It, it uh, Anyway. And that's one of my favorite things about Barbecue Pit Stop. Because of the... Because, like, I'm not a big... I'm not a vegetable connoisseur. I don't love vegetables. I don't like eating them. But the seasonings and what you can do on a smoker with vegetables makes it a lot more palatable. So that would be the other thing. Look at our guy, John Jackson. Yeah, what's John got I stopped to say? by the Leighton Barbecue Pit Stop, entered my name. Awesome experience in there. I spent an hour there talking about smokers. I'm ready to get one now. Let's go. Thank you. Let's go. Let I hope, go, John, man. I hope to see you on the 17th, my guy. Yeah. Let, let us show you how to smoke pizza. Let us show you how to smoke wings, man. So enter to win at any of the barbecue pit stops to win the trip to see BYU and Notre Dame at the Shamrock Series in Las Vegas. Yes. We're going to pull the winner at halftime of the Oregon-BYU game on September 17th, which we will be watching at Barbecue Pit Stop in Lehigh with all of you as we smoke pizza and we smoke wings. It's going to be amazing, and it's all presented by Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage. He's our mortgage guy. I'm telling you, if you have not talked to Devery Davis yet, I am not sure what you are waiting for. You're listening to The Monty Show, my favorite peeps. I'm Devery Davis with the Davis Lending Team, powered by Academy Mortgage. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, you don't know what you're doing, you bought multiple homes, second homes, investment properties, multifamily, we've got you covered. Our office consists of everybody it takes to do your loan, from processing to underwriting to doc departments. We do it all right here. We're not waiting on to come carry your Walla Walla Washington to answer an email. We take care of it here. The housing market's changed. Prices are dropping. It's the greatest time to buy a house. There's no such thing as a dumb question. If you have any questions, you give me a shout. I'll walk you through it. Have a great day. Tell my money guys I said what's up. What's up, every day? What's up, my it. man? I love that he says, my peeps. Walla Walla, Washington. 801-543-9666. NMLS number 278545. Even if you just have questions about your mortgage, call Devery Davis no matter where you are. If you're not in a place where he can ride alone, he'll refer you to one of his his, his guys. He knows people across the country. Call Devery Davis, 801-543-9666. I see a lot of you are in commenting on college football. Arlington Bear says, I'm smoking wings pregame Saturday, boys. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Let's, Let's go. go. Uh, Greg, Greg Dismukes says, stop the cap. What does that even mean? Dude? I have no idea. Let me. I want to ask one question, and this is kind of off topic. Why do we have to talk in like cool and ease? Why do we have to talk I know, in like right? cool lingo and like stop the cap? Like, just share your thought. That's the whole point of the show. That's like what, I'm what it what what is it that you disagree on? Like, let us know. Then we can talk about it. But I don't know. I can't have a conversation about stop the cap. I'm not really sure what that means. 
Yeah, I agree. Kay Nuren says, uh, the truth, the Big 12 could take San Diego State over Utah for the money. Kay is on this run I, of saying that Utah does not belong in the Big 12. No. San Diego State. Snapdragon Stadium. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. I, I, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Hey, what's up? Uh, Dylan Rodriguez gives us a $2 tip. Says, do you know any online sports betting uh, legal in Utah? I do not believe it is. You cannot bet online. Yeah. You, I think you can play daily fantasy uh, online in Utah, but you cannot. Uh, sports betting is not legal in Utah. Yeah, um, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, Kay Nuren says, thanks for talking BYU yesterday and being honest about what happened. People should always check the facts before jumping. I, I, I mean, maybe we need to get into it. I don't know. I don't think we know what happened with Duke Volleyball. Yeah. I don't think we know. I don't think we know. Did it happen? Did it not happen? Uh, I mean, the evidence is Dude, going... We went, the, listen, we went deep on it yesterday. I'm telling you. Like, we did. Like, go back after the show today. Go back and, and, and play that video. I'm telling you, we went deep in it. We talked about everything from lack of video evidence to what happened in, with the guy approaching the, the athlete after the game. And like, we talked about all of it. So go back and check it out. Yeah. And I, I encourage you to be open-minded about stuff like that. Uh, let's see. Patrick Bourne says, so did the big 12 fall apart? Just got in and just pressed like, appreciate you, Patrick. Good to yeah, see appreciate you. Appreciate you, bro. A lot of people are asking about the thumbnail today. A lot of people have been like, Oh, what are you doing? You're here because of the thumbnail, right? That's what Listen, the I, point of the yeah. That, the I mean, look, look it, it, you know. YouTube is a business. It, 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 I'm not. We're not going to sit here and sugarcoat it. YouTube is a business. We're talking about the Big Twelve. Yes. Adding teams, subtracting teams. We're talking about Oklahoma and Texas leaving or wanting to leave early and not paying the eighty million dollars. And frankly, the 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 Kahanis of the conversation is: Is the Big Twelve in a position of strength? Or are they in a position yeah. where they're trying to get to that to that strength and that you know well, and reliability? And I think this this Texas and OU story yesterday really sent a lot of people into panic mode. Yeah, which I I don't understand. Like when I look at the Texas OU situation, nothing's changed. They just want to leave early. You know, it's you're getting a divorce. You want to get married to your new wife. Okay, knock yourself out, dude. But you're gonna pay you, Texas and OU. Each one's gonna. You want to leave now? You want to leave next year? Pay us hundred million dollars. Cough it up. Hasta la see ya. Like, that's what this is. Yeah, dude. This is no different. Texas and OU saying they want to leave now is no different. They can want to leave, right? I want to be 135 pounds in a runway model. That's never going to happen, <laughs> right? Like, I, I mean, this is not rocket science. Yeah. And I feel like... It's not rocket science. If I'm being honest, I feel like all summer long with what the NBA offseason has done, we've been talking about people wanting to leave their contracts early like the entire summer. And it's just so funny how this works in our world now. We we think that it's almost like institutions and and Kevin Durant level players in the league think that you can just you can sign paper and contracts and commitments and somehow that just doesn't matter. It doesn't like it's incredible to me that Oklahoma and Texas not only are asking to leave and not pay that money or pay a much smaller fee, let's say. They're not only asking for that, they're saying, hey, it doesn't matter that we tried to screw you. We're just trying to jump ship here, you know? And publicly in the media, furthermore, they're trying to gift wrap this as, as saying, hey, well, we're trying to fulfill our commitment. We're happy to stay, and, and, and we're great, and we'll stay till 2025. It's totally fine. Even though 
you're doing the exact opposite behind the scenes. You're doing the exact opposite, you know, at the level where your average football fan isn't going to go and hunt that story down That's and right. find out what you're trying to do. Exactly right. That's what I have a problem with. Yeah, and I, I just think the panic right now, look, I, I think we've been pretty consistent in saying the Big 12 is in a far better position than the Pac-12. Mm -hmm. OU in Texas leaving is you're never going to match that brand, right? Yeah, I mean, BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, Houston, coming into the conference isn't going to replace OU in Texas. Mm -hmm. But the Big 12 was pragmatic and aggressive in adding those four teams. They knew what was coming. The difference with the Big 12 and the Pac-12 is USC and UCLA told nobody. They had no idea what was coming. And it's left them reeling. And now they're an unattractive property. Whereas the Big 12 is a six-foot blonde with curves who works out every day and squats three times a week. Right. I, I want that. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, that's what the Big 12 is. <laughs> if you're going to compare it, well, you know. If you're going to compare it to the Pac-12, <laughs> that's kind of what it is. That, that's the, the harsh reality of it is. I want it. And you can love it or hate it. The harsh reality of it is the Big 12 is far more stable than the Pac-12. Are we clear on that? Now, can the Pac-12 poach Houston, which is something a lot of people have talked about? You know, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. I, I just, Again, you know. it's business, you know, and, and I think that, that whether we're talking about Texas and Oklahoma leaving early, it's business. You want to leave early, you need to pay. Wow. You know? San Diego State Aztecs 21 is a dream killer. Uh-oh. Says 135 pounds. Society says that's fat for a runway model. Did you just call me fat? Man. Damn. <clears throat> Patrick Bourne says, so what is your take on your Mac calling an early media rights conversation? I see it as getting real numbers for those Pac-12 teams who are hesitating. Utah. I think it's simply a matter of putting a price tag on every school in their conference and the ones they want to attract. So then you can go and negotiate. And you could say to Utah, hey, you're worth 50 bucks. You can say to San Diego State, hey, you're worth 55 you know, it's that simple. And you're able to put yourself in a position of leverage. I, I think it's a brilliant move. Yeah. And we talked about it on the show yesterday. I think it's exactly the right move. This conference, do you, forget football. Do you understand how good the Big 12 is going to be in basketball? <laughs> good luck winning that conference basketball championship. Yeah. Good I mean, luck, uh, come on. And, and if they add Arizona, come on. You know, like, and now with this news that Arizona is likely not going to face any penalty for Sweaty Sean's misdealings, mis I, I mean, it's, 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 well, they did a lot, you know, um, it's amazing to me. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing to me. Uh, Bryce Costlin says, are Houston and Gonzaga considered as co-favorites to win the NCAA men's basketball tournament this season? Uh, yeah, I don't know what we're talking about that yet. I think that's too September. peripheral, to be it's, honest with you. It's September, bro. Yeah. Easy, bro. Sorry, man. Uh, D-back 777 says, come on now, you guys went full woke on Tuesday claiming that people shouldn't have been arrested at the match. Should have been arrested at the... No, I didn't say that. We didn't say they should have been arrested at Who the match. Who said they should have been arrested at the match? What are you talking about? Uh, Joel says, uh, they literally have to say this in the media. The Big 12 commissioner literally had lawyers... Uh, contact them when they were trying to get early publicity last year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I think, I think the legal side is always, is always a factor. It's always omnipresent. It's always in the background. Like these guys are always having to worry about it. But what I'm telling you is that this is a process that has to play out. You have to value 
these schools. You have to know what each school is worth. So then when you go to ESPN and Fox and you try to put the TV deal together, you you actually have numbers to go off of because if you don't have that, it's just conjecture. Uh, Jazz and Nick's update coming up in six minutes. First, we get a $10 tip from Marlon Shaw. Utah truly in a must win at Florida. Florida is bad this year. Utah is expected to win and will not gain much from the win. I don't think Florida is bad this year. Now, is Utah better than Florida? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. I think Richardson is a good, not great quarterback. I am not the guy that says he's a, you know, going to be this NFL stud. It's 59% passer, bro. I think he, I, I would assume you would see him get better. But here's the problem for Florida. Utah's offensive line is going to be significantly better. Yeah. Utah's secondary has NFL draft picks just about everywhere. I think they are going to be able to run the ball effectively because that O-line's better, which makes Cam Rising better. Mm-hmm. Are, are you the athlete that Florida is athletically? No, you're probably not. Florida's got track stars. That doesn't mean Florida wins this game. I think the problem for Utah is Florida is good enough to give you problems. There, there's no question about that. They have the talent and the ability to make this game closer than it probably should be. My feeling on this game is that this is probably a 10-point win, and we'll have a lock for you coming up uh, right about 9 o'clock on that. But my feeling is this should be, this feels like a double-digit win for Utah, and I think they score a defensive touchdown. Now, if, if and he doesn't want to be called AR anymore. Right, which I appreciate. Yeah, I appreciate that. I too. appreciate that. But if Richardson plays well, and if he throws the ball well, and if he is more accurate in small windows, Florida's got a chance. Florida has a chance already. They'll have a better chance if he does that. Uh, Marlon also says, a loss, however, will knock Utah way down. Much more to lose than gain. Oh, there's no uh, doubt about I completely agree. That. I think it's a great point. You know, there's I no, think no doubt about you that. You have a ton to lose, um, You know, not just in the rankings or from a football standpoint, but with this Big 12 thing, as you were kind of pointing out, I mean, you 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 have to win these big games. It's just it's just that simple. Really, if we're being honest, you have to be like an 11-12 win team this year. That yeah. just has to happen. Yeah, and again, I see everybody commenting on the the you the BYU volleyball situation. Go and watch the show from yesterday. Yeah. We talked about all of this stuff that you guys are saying in the comments about how the police exonerated the man. We had that whole conversation yesterday. Yeah. And I appreciate that you guys are here. I just today's not the day that I'm going to get into that. Today's not the day when there's no new update and we spent an hour talking about it yesterday. Yeah. I'd encourage you to go back and, and listen to the show yesterday. Matt, what's up, Matt? Spends $4.99, gives us a tip. Thank you. Uh, the new Big 12 basketball will be insane. Texas Tech, Kansas, Baylor have been in the national title the last three years, plus at Arizona. Insane. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think Baylor's one of those programs that flies under the radar just about in every in every way, shape, or form. I think the stigma of incidents at Baylor still haunts that program. Uh-huh. But they're a good football program. They're a really good basketball program. I think you know what Kansas is as a basketball program. I don't know. Arizona and Arizona State feel like logical fits in the Big 12 to me. I agree with you, Matt. Like, you add Arizona to that mix. I don't know how the national championship doesn't run through the Big Listen, 12 I just want to. I just want to hit pause real quick and say that the whole Arizona thing to me I, while they have a really strong brand in basketball, when's the last time they won anything? When's the last time 
Arizona's done anything besides talk to the FBI. And I'm being serious. I'm not even being tongue-in-cheek. That's what that program is known for right now. They need to, like, do some winning in basketball. They need to sort of resurrect their image before I'm ready to say that, that they're a great ad because, you know, yeah, theoretically, if you join the Big 12 and you're in a power basketball conference, which is what the Big 12 is, uh, you should be able to recruit more. You should be more attractive. Like, that should really help you. But I'm not ready to sit here and say because they have legacy that they're somehow some great program right now. Well, listen, I, I think one of the things is very clear. Tommy Lloyd was a huge hire for them. I mean, uh, he is the right coach to lead Arizona out of the abyss that was Sean Miller. They need to win big games. And the problem is I don't know that there's a big conference game to be had there. I don't know that there's prestige in being a Pac-12 basketball champion. Agreed. That's a huge problem for Arizona basketball as a brand, frankly. They're going to be talented. They held themselves out. They, you know, didn't allow themselves to, you know, they've limited their recruiting. They've limited their postseason. Like, they've really tried to, you know, self-police based on what happened with Sweaty Sean. You got to step away from that now. If I'm Arizona basketball, my foot's on the gas. That's all in the rear view. They're not going to be sanctioned, punished, fined, whatever you want to say. With the regulations changing at the NCAA level now, by the end of the year, I would guess, I think Arizona's off the hook completely for the Book Richardson thing. You've got to leave that behind, and you've got to start winning games. That's the only way to leave it behind, yeah. is to start winning games. Are they UNLV that never recovers? They're not. Are, are they SMU who never recovers? They're not. They should be heavily, heavily sanctioned for what they did. They won't mm -hmm. be. They won't be. And I think the lessons that we've learned is that big brands who win oftentimes get, get a free pass. And I think Arizona's going to get a free pass. Yeah. The problem is you haven't won since loot. And the problem is you haven't been at Arizona. You haven't been really relevant for several years. Well, and you did this whole thing where you're like, "Hey, we just got to get our we just got to get our recruiting class on the floor, and we'll win a national championship." Back in the DeAndre Ayton days, and you know when you had you know a really good class, admittedly, and you just it just disappointed, like you just didn't do anything with it, and that that I think is is part of the the issue. They they just have to start executing. It's that yep, simple. Totally agree. Uh, Monty in the morning is presented by our good friends at the Utah Advocates. They are injury attorneys and i'm telling you if you guys are not familiar with the advocates get to utahadvocates.com um they know that when you're in an accident it is a very difficult time in your life um they know that when you know you've you have probably never dealt with something as serious um as you know as the things like medical bills as things like hey how am i going to afford an attorney that's why today you call the advocates and you get a free consultation. It costs you nothing to go to utahadvocates.com and chat with them online, um, right? I mean, it is it is easy to dis discuss your case. They are, they are guys that are empathetic. They understand what you're going through and they win. That's the bottom line. Believe that the advocates can help you and trust me, they can. Go to utahadvocates.com. Let's switch gears, talk Donovan Mitchell and the uh, New York Knicks. It's very interesting to me as, as we chase this story. And we've been on this story probably for two months now. Yeah. Waiting and waiting and waiting. Yeah. And nothing's happened. And I was having a conversation with an NBA guy I talked to on a pretty regular basis. And he's pretty well connected. He's given us great information. And we were just talking back and forth. And he said to me, why hasn't this deal been done? 
And this is a guy that's worked in the NBA for 25, 30 years. Why hasn't this deal been done? Is the main question that people are asking now. It's not a matter of if. It's not a matter of no, it's not going to happen. The question NBA insiders are asking now about Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks is, why hasn't this deal been done? Y'all feel me? Everybody freaked out over the R.J. Barrett contract. It was inconsequential to making a Donovan Mitchell trade for the Knicks. Uh The deal has been in place for two weeks. The, 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 The moment that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving went back to Brooklyn, this deal was in place. Thanks. The Lakers are willing to give their two first-round picks. The Knicks are willing to give their two first-round picks. So why is the deal not done? That is the biggest question. And the answer seems to be unknown because it feels like the Knicks want this deal done. We all know the Lakers are thirsty to get this deal done. Yeah. So why isn't it done? And the answer is, I don't know. My guess is it can only be one of two things. The Jazz are hesitant to buy out Russell Westbrook or there is disagreement on which players the Knicks should include in this deal for Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. And I just can't believe, and I know I said this yesterday, and I'll say it again today, I just cannot believe that we are in a place two months down the road on this deal and we're still wondering if Quentin Grimes is holding it up. That doesn't feel... It's incredible. That doesn't feel logical to me. And now the interesting part of this is that we continue to hear, hey, why isn't this deal done? Well, Quentin Grimes. It's not Quentin Grimes. There's something else here that we don't know. And I don't know what that is. The salary cap money makes sense. It adds up. Don wants to be in New York. I would would guess the Jazz are willing to trade him there. The Knicks certainly would like him in New York. And the Lakers would like to unload those two first-round picks as long as you take Russell Westbrook. Mm -hmm. So what's the holdup? My guess is, and people are starting to wonder, if Danny Ainge has an appetite to buy out Russell Westbrook. I I can only imagine that that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, I I think that, yeah, it's it's a tough situation. I I think that you're right. We have been covering this story for a long time. We have been on the... Donnie to the Knicks train for a long time. The Donnie Doppler was even created because we needed something to talk about, right? Like I'm saying. That's that's kind of where and 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 I'm only half joking. Like I mean, that's where this story is at. It is we were I mean, we damn near had an argument in the the chat yesterday on the show because people were pissed that, you know, that the Jazz was all anyone was talking about. Hey, we need something else to talk about. Well, what do you want us to do? I think that Danny is I, I it just I just think he's ruthless. Like in in terms of of trades and negotiation, I think the guy won't do a deal unless it is like in his box, in his rubric. Like, hey, four unprotected first round picks, a, a fifth or a sixth in in the second round or whatever that those those two obscure picks would be, you know, and and this whole thing about buying out Russell Westbrook, if it's not in his game plan or he doesn't want to do that, he's not going to do the deal. And that's what I think is really fascinating because you can make the case that by choosing not to trade Donovan Mitchell and not picking up the draft capital and the young players and everything that you would get from this deal because you don't want to spend $47.5 million or whatever the final number winds up being to pay out Russell Westbrook, you can make a case that that's bad business. Honestly, you can because right now, I think we can all agree that Utah Jazz are not an NBA Finals contender. You're not even going to sniff. You're going to barely sniff the playoffs this year. Yeah, and and to me, 
if you're not willing to buy out Russell Westbrook, what are we really even doing here? You know what I mean? Like, if you're not willing to, to sacrifice on some level to get a deal done, what 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 was all of this for? Are you really telling me, Danny Ainge, that, that you're going to spend the whole summer, all the phone calls, all the time, all the scouting, all the effort, all the cups of coffee, all the early mornings, to not do a deal over buying out a guy in Russell Westbrook that's never going to put on a Jazz uniform. That's right. A guy that they're straight up having to defend in the media. Jeannie Buss had to come out and say, hey, yeah, Russell Westbrook was our best player last year, which is complete garbage, by the way. Well, and Darvin like, Ham. How many times has Darvin Ham right? said that I have a plan to use Russ? And like, they've had to legitimize. They've had to justify Russell Westbrook. So that's why I say it's, it's very clear that Russ has obviously lost his reputation in the league with what he's done over the last couple of seasons. So yeah. you're really not going to do this deal. It seems, again, this is conjecture. Nobody, as you just said, nobody knows the true reason why this deal hasn't been done. But if you look at the tea leaves and you look at the, the different pillars of this deal, the buying out Russell Westbrook portion only makes sense. So you're not going to do this deal over buying out Russ. That I have trouble with. Well, and sources at the Jazz have routinely, routinely told me that they are not going to make rash decisions financially, mainly because I think they've, they're finally in a position to get their financial house in order. But the $47 million makes a lot of sense. And would it be a rash decision? I don't think it would. I, mean, and I, I think when you look at when you look at what $47 million is, it's an expiring contract. Yes. So that's that's a weapon. You can keep that on your roster. So for me, I just think it is it's one of those those interesting things. Bro, if we have the ability, not not to cut you off there, but if we have the ability on this show and the media has the ability, generally speaking, locally and nationally to project forward and say, hey, once this this KD Kyrie Nets saga comes to an end, the Lakers are going to be out there looking to make a deal. Because remember, that was the reporting. You know, we weren't sure if the Lakers wanted to get involved with the Jazz or like if there was another deal they were going to do, but you knew the Lakers were going to get involved. So at that time, if you're Danny Ainge, I, I mean, again, I don't know this to be fact, but I feel pretty good about saying, hey, he's made calls to the Lakers. Him and, and Rob yeah. Palenka have talked. So, Mo Oh, multiple like, times. If you've known, Danny like, Ainge and Rob Palenka have talked on a regular basis, not nearly as much as Danny and Leon have talked, but there's no doubt that you're exactly right. Danny and, and Rob Palenka have had regular conversations because I don't think there's any question that the Los Angeles Lakers, and I've been told repeatedly, the Lakers value Boyan Bogdanovich. We were first yeah. with that story because they were hot after Boyan, but they did not have the assets to make that trade happen. Danny's not going to trade Boyan Bogdanovich in that, that Pat Beverly deal because that loses Danny leverage with the Knicks. Yes. So there's a reason that Boyan wasn't included in that, that trade. And I think when you look at Boyan Bogdanovich, he absolutely has has the ability to be a knockdown three-point shooter, which is what they've lacked for three years now. That, in my opinion, is his highest and best use. I mean, he can play in the post, oh, as you certainly. saw with the Jazz, but, certainly. but his highest and best use is asking him to be a knockdown 43 44% shooter from, from three. And, and, and that's why I say, like, I'm not saying you're wrong about this rash decision, sort of, hey, make sure we take our time and, you know, get this right as far as our getting our financial house in order. I completely agree that's what they should be doing. But this concept around having to rush, I just I just can't get down with it because you've known all along. You knew the Lakers were going to be a player if that Nets thing didn't work out. So that's why I say 
it's fascinating to me that it's not done. I, I I think it's just incredible. And the longer it goes on, the longer you start to wonder, is it Russ or is it Grimes? Because it's one of the two. I mean, I don't know what else it would be. I can't believe it's Grimes. I, I can't. And hopefully we'll get some clarity on that today. I want to step back to college football because Marlon Shaw gave us a $10 tip. Marlon, really appreciate you, man. Glad you're here today. Thank you, Marlon. Texas and OK early leave could be a huge bargaining chip in TV negotiations. ESPN wants them in ESPN Fox want USC and UCLA in the Big Ten could play into a bigger dollar deal for the Big 12 as part of negotiations for TV I don't think there's any doubt about that I think you're exactly right I think that if if we talked about it yesterday about ESPN I think what they want is a merger between the Pac-12 and the Big 12 Mm -hmm. I think they want what's left of the Pac-12 to join with the Big 12 that and they form, they form a conference. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> I think that's what would be best for ESPN, but I don't think there's any doubt. You're ESPN. By the way, you just did a deal with the SEC. You want Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC. Yes. You absolutely want Texas and Alabama. You absolutely want Oklahoma and Georgia playing this big football games. Saving. Yeah, you want those games. Those are huge TV games. Yeah. So, Marlon, you're exactly right. I, I agree 100%. Uh, Joel says, never going to get a football chip, but hey, get some more basketball ones. Those bring in the big bucks. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. By the way, Patrick Bourne tips his cap to uh, to uh, Marlon Shaw. I agree with that. Yeah, that's a great point, Marlon. Well done, sir. Marlon Shaw said, you did say we should have laws similar to other countries that lead to arrests. Yes, we absolutely said yeah, that. Yeah, we did say that. That's correct. Absolutely said that. That's not currently the culture in our country. Um, he's talking about BYU volleyball. Um, in this situation with Duke, I do think if you racially abuse somebody, you, that should be a crime. Yeah, I, I absolutely think it should be a crime. Uh, all right, talking uh, the very latest on Donovan Mitchell um, and the Knicks right here on Monty in the Morning, presented by uh, the Advocates Injury Attorneys. Give them a call. You deserve an advocate today. I would tell you their website's easy to use, fantastic, utahadvocates.com. Um, I think the Jazz now... I think need is a strong word, but there's been so much buzz around a Donovan Mitchell trade. I don't know. And I think the the question you have to ask about this Don trade now, will Donovan Mitchell ever have more value than he has today? And I think the answer is maybe. If he comes to camp, he opens the season, he scores 30 points a game, his value goes up. If he defends, his value goes up. But do you believe that he's going to do that? I personally do. Seeing the way he's worked this summer, Jake, I think there's if if I'm the Utah Jazz, yes, if I can make this deal now for two unprotected picks from the Knicks, two from the Lakers, $47 million in cap space, I'm doing that. Let me put it this way. is the Let's take it off of Don for a second. And I agree with you. I would do that. But let's take it off of Don for one second. Let's pose the question of is is it viable for the organization not to do the deal? From an organization standpoint, like, think about it. Will there be a time in the next decade? Because I don't think that's an exaggeration. In the next decade, will there be a time where the Utah Jazz have the leverage over the league that they have now? Think about this. Danny Ainge has dominated the trade cycle in the NBA the entire summer. Everyone forgets about his first trade. Everyone thinks, oh, the Rudy Gobert trade was the first trade. Not true, sir. First trade was Royce O'Neal, first round pick. That's how we kicked off the summer with the Jazz. Second trade was Rudy Gobert. Got an absolute haul, wrecked the Kevin Durant trade market, and there hasn't really been anything outside of the DeJounte Murray to the um, the Hawks 
for trades in the NBA. And all we've been talking about is Donovan Mitchell. So to me, when I talk about, hey, all this effort and consternation, all the, all the cups of coffee, as I said, all the early mornings and the conversations, this deal to me has to be done. And if it doesn't get done, I think you're asking for trouble at this point because even if he does, and we've talked about this at nauseum, Donovan Mitchell, in my opinion, will come back and have a career year. Yeah. I don't know if it's an MVP caliber season. That's kind of hard to say. But I think he's going to have a career year. If he does that, are the Knicks? does that mean then mean that the Knicks are willing to give you more? No, because you're already asking for a haul. That's what I'm saying. You, you, your price is so high already, even if Donnie does what we think Donnie's going to do, you're not going to get like 10 first-round picks if the guy comes out and improves. Yeah, I, I, if you're going to trade him, you need to trade him now. You just have to do because this. Because I also think if he if he blows up and has the season that we think he's going to have, I, I think Donovan Mitchell becomes a much more difficult trade to, to sell to your fan base. And I think that if it were me, I would not trade him. If, if it were me, I, I would be... I would be trading Mike Conley and Boyan Bogdanovich, and I'd be looking to build around Donovan Mitchell, which, by yeah. the way, they told Don they were going to do all the way back to December. Um, and I, I think that changes when the Knicks start talking about giving you a package of, of six picks. And I think that Danny Ainge has handled this masterfully. Yeah, He wants four unprotected first-round picks for Donovan Mitchell. I think he would take three. But then the the other surrounding draft compensation has to go up. Yes. It has to go up. And I think that's that for my money. That's the thing where I think Danny Ainge starts asking for too much. Mm -hmm. If you are gonna if you're looking for eight or ten total picks, that's too much. It's way too much. Donovan Mitchell's not worth that. Donovan Mitchell is worth three first round picks and three more picks on top of that. Not pick swaps, three more picks on top of that. And I think he's worth two to three young players. And you're going to have to put guys like Fournier in this deal to make it work. But I don't think there's any question that Donovan Mitchell is worth three first-round unprotected picks and three additional picks. Yeah, That's what Don, in my opinion,'s market value is. If he comes back and scores 30 points a game, I think that goes up. Yeah, If he comes back and he's a defensive stalwart and he, his footwork is vastly improved defensively, that's... That, that compensation goes up. Yeah. So it's a dangerous slope. And I think if you're the New York Knicks, you're trying to to buy low, as they should be. Those are the best bargains you're ever going to get. Donovan Mitchell's value is not going to go down. It's going to go up. So I think if you're the Knicks, you want to make this deal now. I think if you're the Jazz, I don't, I don't think there's any doubt you'd like to make this deal now. So why hasn't the deal been done? It's incredible. That's the biggest question. And the answer is I don't think many people know. I, I really don't. I think this is just simply a matter of how you come together and how you figure out what's going to make everybody happy to do it. That is that is the biggest question. Uh, Brandon Butler says Danny wants that Herschel Walker deal. Well, I mean, I I don't know that that's I don't I don't know that that's a bad comparison actually. I mean, I thought the Rudy Gobert deal was the Herschel Walker deal. Do you even know what the Herschel Walker no. deal is? When Herschel Walker was traded from Dallas to Minnesota and and Dallas got like a million draft picks. And I mean, it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, let's see. Jeremy Severe. Good morning to you, Jeremy. says, do the Jazz even want to trade Don? I don't think it's absolute that they want to trade Donovan Mitchell. I, I really don't. I don't think it's absolute in any way, shape, or form. You know, I, I think that it is... 
we'll see. We'll see what, we'll see if they want to trade him. I don't think it's absolute. That's, again, that's just my opinion. I, I, I think this deal needs to happen sooner or later. Yeah. It, I mean, it does. I mean, just for the cap space alone, let's say you get two unprotected first round picks and $47 million in cap space. Good Lord. By the way, good Lord. I know this is stating the obvious. It's September 1st now. It's not June anymore. Like it's yeah. time to get going here. Yeah, my guess is that if this deal's not done by Monday, I don't know that it gets done. Uh, I just think the the appetite to keep pushing for this trade for another month. I just don't. I, I don't know anybody who wants to do that, man. Well, and I just think there's too much other business to be done. Yeah. The Jazz cannot go to camp with the roster they have. And I don't know why, like, and I guess maybe Don, this Don trade is holding it up, I guess. But, I like... I don't know why the league is so quiet. Like, I would have thought when the Kevin Durant thing got done, the league would have kind of, you know, I'm not saying major deals, like, you know, franchise-level deals yeah. getting done constantly, but I would have expected to see, you know, more, hey, this guy got signed, free agent, whatever, and less of Montrez Harrell getting in trouble. Jake, you're delaying football at 50. Sorry, dude. Sorry. You are delaying football. It's can only 49, you? How bro. dare you? 49, come on. How dare you? It's only 49. It's football at 50. Um, every hour, 10 to the hour, uh, we bring you the biggest stories in sports presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Uh, I'm telling you, Papa Murphy's Take and Bake, that's where it's at, man. If you have not espoused to the greatness of Papa Murphy's Pizza, you probably should. No one goes all in on made-from-scratch freshness like Papa Murphy's. Because when you go all in, people notice. Go all in with the Triple Pet Pizza for just eleven ninety nine. Papa Murphy's. Change the way you pizza. Yeah, absolutely. Change the way you pizza at Papa Murphy's. Use promo code MONTY25. Uh, no spaces, all one word. MONTY25. That Do gets it. you 25% off in order of $25 or more. Pepperoni or sausage? Neither. Vegetable. Vegetable. We, so you're off the I'm sausage a, train yeah, altogether. You know, you know what it is for pizza? Like, I really love, I'm a big believer in formula. Like, hey, you know what works, just do it. Like, I and and by the way, the vegetable thing with pizza specifically, there's a lot of different combinations. I mean, I, I just think it's yeah, I don't know. I've I'm not a pepperoni guy at all. I, I mean, I guess I could see once no in pepperoni. a very long, long while having one slice of sausage pizza. But if I'm doing a pizza on the regular, I I, I just love the veggie variety that you get at Papa Murphy's. And, Last night again, yeah, like again, we had the Papa Murphy's um what was it? But regular traditional crust, barbecue sauce, mo mozzarella. 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 But you've got to put green onion on that pizza. Where is the Italian? I'm telling you, the tang of the barbecue sauce mixed with the green onion. Mm. Yes. Now you're cooking with gas. Uh, speaking of cooking with gas, Broncos and Russell Wilson agree uh, on a multi-year extension for $245 million. Yes. $160 million of that guaranteed. This is a huge deal for Russell Wilson and the Broncos. It's one of those ones where this felt like a no-brainer. This is now making Russell Wilson the highest-paid player in the history of the Denver Broncos. Is he... It, it, is Russell Wilson truly this good? Because there's a conversation going around about Russell Wilson <clears throat> and this the idea that he is at fault for the, the demise of the Seattle Seahawks dynasty. Uh -huh. Do you buy into that? How much fault does Russ have? Because you joked last hour if you're just tuning in 
Jake joked that Russell should have turned around and given the ball to Marshawn Lynch. And it's, I mean, I think that sounds like you think it's his fault. He was doing what he was told to do. Yeah. I mean, clearly, you know, he was being told, you know, what to do. He was just following direction. But, but I, I think that it sort of plays into this conversation of, hey, like, you know, earlier in that game, you know, there were opportunities, you know, for Russ to deliver and he didn't. And I think that, that, this conversation about whether he's worth it or whether he's good enough, I have no doubts that Russell Wilson is an MVP caliber quarterback. The guy's got a cannon of an arm. He's mobile. Like he, The guy has many years left in the tank still. And I think that the problem is, reputationally speaking, because the Seattle Seahawks have just been crap the last like three, four seasons, Russell Wilson has had to deal with that. And he's suffered through that. And that's not all on him. As we know, there are great quarterbacks in crap situations. I mean, it's, look, it's Matt Stafford, right? It's the same thing as Matt Stafford. You played for the Lions. Lions were a terrible organization. You know, you go to the Rams, you win a Super Bowl. My hope for Russell Wilson is that he gets back to being that playoff caliber quarterback on a team that can can support those aspirations. Because ultimately, he can only do so much. The, the formula of, hey... You know, we've got Tom Brady, but we don't have anybody. We have Jamokes at wide receiver who can barely get open. That formula is dying. Defenses are too good now. You need help. This is why every year when the Dallas Cowboys say we're Super Bowl champions and then you're a, a nine-win team, nobody's surprised, bro, because it's not all on Dak Prescott. No. Russell Wilson, to me, is, is as good as Aaron Rodgers. He's as good as the best in the league. But the problem is his stats don't say that. But who? But is, who is all? But again, but again, that that's true. We're saying the same thing. I'm saying the reason his stats don't say that is because of what he had to work with. So I don't know if that's what you're saying, but that's that's. I don't the know. I, I think they had issues on the offensive line. I totally understand that. But he's had good wide receivers. They've had a decent running game, and he's been a three thousand yard quarterback the last couple of years. He's not been a thirty touchdown quarterback the last couple of years. I think this is a really important contract for Russell Wilson. I think when you look at that it's an AAV of $49 million. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a deal that's $245 million over five years. That's $49 million, bucks, one sixty guaranteed. I think there's a lot of questions on does he play out the life of this contract. And I think Russell Wilson's a hell of a quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that Russell Wilson's a bad quarterback. I am certainly not saying by any stretch of the imagination that this is a mistake. I, I really am not. What I'm saying is I think Russell Wilson's got to prove it a little bit. Um, you know, I think this was absolutely, uh, uh, the right move acquiring Russell Wilson is exactly what the Denver Broncos needed to do. Yeah. I, I look, $49 I, million dollars a year on average. This is, is this lot. is the last thing I'll say on his stats. And I just, I just say this to kind of put some things into perspective. So on his career, like he's been in the league since 2012, right? So he's, it's a decade. Like you've been in the league long enough, obviously, He's a he's a forty or a sixty five percent passer. That's where he's been most of the time in his career. He's fluctuated up and down, sixty three, sixty six. He's been right in the mid sixties, which is totally acceptable in the league. But the thing that stands out to me, and this is why I'm more optimistic about this whole Denver situation. Last year he throws for thirty one hundred yards, but the two years before that, he's a four thousand yard passer. A forty-yard touch, uh, forty touchdowns a season guy. Like he can put up numbers, but I think you you can't take the beating he took and expect him then to also carry you. So that's why I say I think it's in football it's tough because it's a mix. Hey, some of this is on Russ, but some of this is on the Seahawks. So that's why I'm saying 
I'm going to be an optimist about this. Let's see how the first five weeks go. Well, if- and he is a mobile quarterback, and Russ has been durable. I, I don't think there's any yeah. doubt about that. I mean, he's been out of the pocket quite a bit. But he he hasn't missed a, a beating, lot of time. Bro. I mean, yeah, and by the way, he's leaving. He, he leaves Seattle, and who do they replace him with? Well, it looks like Geno Smith is going to be their full-time guy. I mean, yeah, Russell Wilson's not an easy guy to replace. I think this is the right move. Paying him $49 million bucks. I guess we'll find out. I don't know. Uh, Tanner Plummer, good morning, too. Are you happy we're not talking Donovan Mitchell and Jazz now? It's football at 50 and yeah. presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Uh, Tanner Plummer <laughs> says, Russ is not the reason why Seattle's dynasty never came to be. Oh, they were a dynasty. I don't think there's any doubt about that. You can blame that on the idiot OC who thought it was a good idea not to give the rock to Marshawn. I, I mean, I, I don't I don't think there's any doubt that Russell Wilson's not the reason. Yeah that they lost that game. He is the reason there was an interception thrown. I mean, he threw the ball in a place on the goal line where you cannot throw it. Yeah. I mean, I, it's it's not his fault he was throwing. It is his fault for the throw. I mean, let's not totally absolve Russell Wilson from, you know, guilt or responsibility. You made a decision and you're paying the price. Yep. Ken Williams says since Manning, they have had crap QBs. I agree with that. Yeah. Totally agree. I mean, Drew Locke's not there anymore. Yeah. You know, do, do we all remember Drew Locke being a stud in college? Yep. And just he has been nothing. He's been nothing. Uh, Kane Nuren says, if Denver doesn't get a better O-line, good luck to him. Truth. Absolutely true. Uh, Ken Williams says, uh, Wilson is a great QB. It takes him. Is take him. It's a great move. Yeah, I think it's a great move, too. Yeah. I, I, think it's I, a I mean, And again, I don't think it's a bad move. Yeah. I don't. I don't think it's a bad move. You raise your eyeball a little bit at forty nine million bucks. Yeah, a year. I mean, I think his value—that's a in, lot of just, Yeah, justifying his value over the life of the contract and in the fact that it's—I think we said what was it—one hundred sixty, one hundred sixty-five and a half is guaranteed. So, like, that's a pretty sizable guaranteed number, and I, and I think that you know it's a good contract for the Broncos because you incentivize him to perform and get up to that. I think it was what two forty overall. I think it yeah. is, and, and it's you know, combined with the initial contract and this, it's seven seasons total of commitment. I mean, this is, he's likely going, if all things work out, he'll retire a Bronco. I mean, that's seven years, bro. Yep. Boyd Lake says, Wilson threw the ball without looking at what was going on. I agree. Yeah. Antonio Ruiz says, yeah, but look how many times he's been sacked. He's been sacked a lot. Their offensive line has been an issue up there. <coughs> I mean, their money was spent on defense. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no doubt about that. Uh, Jeremy Severe says, uh, this one uh, of Russell Wilson's best wide receiver course, fact on... Although Timmy Patrick's out now, so which sucks. Um, the O-line is better than it was in Seattle. The defense is better. Now it's better. Yeah, I agree. Tanner says, in my opinion, one title doesn't make a dynasty. If that's the case, then the Eagles had a dynasty too. Stop. Stop. That's There's yeah, just no comparison. You're, you're, being, you're being difficult. Bro. You have one of the best defenses in the history of the National Football League. You, ha- I, I mean, come on. Uh, they were they were they were good for an extended dude, period dude, that, of time. That and and dude, CenturyLink was one of the best freaking home field advantages yeah. in all of football. Like the yeah. the the 49er Seahawk rivalry that was alive and well, you know, in the in the mid two thousand you know, 2015, 14, 16, like those years when you had Patrick Willis and and you know that linebacking core versus you know the Seahawks like that that was great time to be an NFL fan man but i mean the guy has never thrown for 5000 yards and he's got to get back to 4000 yard rush let rush me ask here. you this like, let me I ask think you that's this. really important he hasn't thrown for 5000 does that 
does that devalue the fact that he's capable of throwing for four? Because it used to be that 4,000 was a great number, but now with the advent of the 5,000-yard passer, it obviously devalues 4,000 yards. So it's like, hey, do we... Obviously, you're not going to pass on Russell Wilson because he's not a 5,000-yard guy, but I just wonder, like, does 4,000 yards still move the needle for franchises? You know, is that still like, hey, yeah, we need that guy. That's what I'm curious about. Awesome. Uh, Arlington Bears gives us a $20 tip. I don't know why your comment was filtered, but uh, it says, on August 5th, someone called you guys fat. Every dollar I tip is a pound I have lost on the cut. Speech is not a crime. You'd suck. Go Cougs. Arlington Bears. Uh, $20. I'm telling you, the stories coming out of our our casuals getting cut group on Instagram. Crazy, bro. The fitness that we're seeing, the weight loss we're seeing, the... Just the camaraderie, the support, the, the friendship that is coming out of that, I, I just think is... What do you bench? It's been so inspiring. Um, I've gained 10 pounds since that time. We'll um, gain somewhere. You know, uh, may, you know, I actually haven't gained 10 pounds since that time. Uh, I've lost 10 pounds since that time. But it's been, it's been really fun to see all the progress that, that everybody's made. So Arlington Bears, thanks for the $20 tip. Appreciate you. It's 8 o'clock on Monty in the Morning, presented by The Advocates, uh, our newest sponsor on the show. We really appreciate um, all the guys at The Advocates, the guys and gals there. You know, we've we've known The Advocates for almost 10 years now. We were, we were partners with them at 1320K Fan. Um, when we did this show, they've stepped up to really help us grow the program. Um, you know, they are, they are somebody that we trust to send you to. And I think that's the theme, um, you know, of our partnerships on the show. You know, we don't just partner with anybody. You know, we don't just throw it out there and say, Hey, they spend money with us. Go spend money with that. Like, that's not how we do it. Yeah. People like barbecue pit stop, Devery Davis at Academy mortgage. Um, you know, you think about the people at Papa Murphy's, we eat at Papa Murphy's. We know the owners locally here. Uh, of the Papa Murphy stores, you know, like it, that's who we send you to. And the advocates are no different than that. And I, I think the thing that I always say about the advocates, you know, remember if you're, if you've been in an accident, you have people that can help you. Um, you know, the advocates offer you free consultations. They can help you, um, you know, with, you know, the, the, the thought process, because you get in an accident, you're injured in a car accident. There's a lot of wild thoughts running through your head. You don't need to be worried about, well, how much am I going to have to pay a lawyer to help me with this? Because when you call the advocates, not only is it consultation free, you don't pay the advocates a dime until they win your case because they know that you have things going on in your life at that point. Um, They'll help you defer your medical bills. And the best thing about the advocates is any way you want to communicate with them, they'll communicate with you that way. Do you want to call them and talk to an attorney today? Absolutely. You can do that. Get to their website. Right now, utahadvocates.com. If you've been in an accident, if you have questions about you know, whether you need to be made whole, how does that work, call them. Get on their website, utahadvocates.com, because you deserve an advocate. Welcome to the Advocates. Injury Attorneys, our newest sponsor on the show. We appreciate you. And I try not to say sponsor because I feel like the word sponsor means that you're just here to give us money. And we don't do sponsorships. We do partnerships. We are partners with Papa Murphy's. We are partners with the Advocates. We are partners with Steve and all the guys at Barbecue Pit Stop. Yes. Um, we are partners with Devery Davis. It's it's incredible to me. Um, in a month, and I, I before we get back to football on the show, yeah, it's incredible to me in the last month how much this show has grown. 
listenership wise. And you know, we don't advertise the show at all. We don't, now we really don't. I mean, it is, it's a hundred percent on YouTube and it's organic SEO and, but the way you guys have supported this show, the way you have supported our sponsors, our partners. Yes. It's going to be a tough. It's a, it's a, head. I mean, it's a tough word to replace. Yeah, The know? way you guys support our partners and the way you guys buy pizza, the way you guys go to barbecue pit stop and the way you've called Devery Davis to talk about your mortgages or, you know, it's funny. I was talking to Devery the other day about investment properties. Uh-huh. Like, how many part? How many properties do you have that are truly investment properties? Are you trying to grow your portfolio? Um, you know, one of the things that Devery does so well is he talks to you about the situation that that property's in. You know, like not every property makes a good investment property. Devery's there to talk to you about that. Uh, 801-543-9666. But just the way that you guys have supported the show, I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you because it is truly humbling. Yeah. We got a phone call yesterday from somebody that said, hey, you know, we really would like to advertise on your show. You know, how, you know, what is this? What is that? Like, how does it like just calling us and asking us, hey, can we advertise on your show? Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's incredible. The journey has been remarkable. And I know we've had heated discussions and differences of opinions and but that's what makes this show great is yes. that we're able to talk about things, whether you agree with us or we agree with you. We're able to exchange ideas, something Arlington Bears and I have had very big discussions about. So I, I, I appreciate that. I do. Uh, let's see. Rhino Reselling says, I told the owner of the Belton, Texas Papa Murphy's that I uh, get to, uh, that he owes you, the Utah owner, some money because I'd never go there if not hearing about it on the Monty show. Well, appreciate there you go. That. I appreciate, appreciate that. that, Rhino Reselling. Thank you. Um, it's, that, it's that thing that makes the world go round. Um, all right. Let's talk. Let's see. What is this conversation about? Side note. Tanner said, I said yesterday that you guys need to talk less Donovan. I still maintain that opinion. Okay. Well, he's, he's hanging on to that. Listen, man, that's your opinion. It's all good. I, I, I don't, I don't resent you for it, but I'm just telling you, like I, I would, I would, uh, tamper those expectations. Cause I'm just telling you, no offense. We're going to keep talking about it. Uh, Dylan Rodriguez wants to know if, uh, the Denver Broncos are our favorite football team. No. No. no, Jake doesn't like football, so he doesn't ever watch it. Um, you know, I'm a Chicago Bears fan through and through. Die hard. Live and die. The, well, I'll live when the McCaskies are dead. But other than that, I mean, you know, and they're building a stadium on a pile of horses. Uh, yeah, a racetrack for horses. To play football <laughs> and stuff, you know. Yeah. You know, who's your favorite football team? I mean, I grew up a Bears fan, um, so I oh mean, boy. I guess the Bears are my my go to. But I don't really have a favorite football team, to be honest with you. Uh, okay, big fan of quarterbacks right now, though. You're a players guy. I'm a players guy. I'm not a team guy. Yeah, I'm a players guy. Man, sure. what if Justin Herbert was on the Bears? Yeah, you know, and and that's why I say like you start diving into these oh. the quarterback oh. situations. Oh. That's what I like in the NFL. You know, you you look at. Joe Burrow's journey. You look at, you know, Justin Herbert's journey. You look at, Dude, like... is Joe Burrow your Justin Herbert? Like, I, I am obsessed with Justin Herbert. That's my guy. I mean, bro, look, look at my guy right here. Baker Mayfield. He, I, thought he earned a spot, Baker. I thought you were over well, Baker. I thought you were over Baker. I was over Baker, but then, you know, Baker came through. Earned a starting spot. Told Sam Darnold to go back to SC and be an average-ass quarterback. Carolina. 
Deuce. Carolina. Um, I am a. I, I am not a Joe Burrow guy. I think it's a cool story. What it, What is happening with your my? So we're going to Maui or Hawaii tomorrow. We're going Hawaii. to Kona. Tomorrow. We're going to where? Hui. 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 Uh, <laughs> um, and my Uber ride charged my card. It's scheduled. It's good to go. Okay. There so you it go. lit up my phone. This is going to be an expensive trip. Yeah, it is. I think it you, is. You know. Uh, please buy pizza. Please, please buy pizza. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Um, let's see. DRS says... Is that an F1 reference or yes. drag reduction system? Is that what, or that what, is? Are we, what are we getting at? Uh, the only reason the Big 12 is more stable than the pack is because they don't have any teams desired by the big boys. Mm. Okay, so wait. Let me get this right. So nobody wants Kansas basketball. Uh, nobody wants... I mean, nobody wants Oklahoma State. Nobody wants... Like our... Do you... Do you did you think about that before you typed hey, it? did anybody want Texas and Oklahoma? Nah, but look at but look at Houston. If the Pac-12 is so great, why is why is the Pac-12 chasing Houston? They're just some um, crappy, you know, Big Twelve team. You know, a, we don't need Big Twelve. Houston, Big idiots. Twelve. Once once they get the manure off the bottom of their cowboy boot, we can have a conversation. <laughs> like if 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 the Big Twelve is just such a dumpster of football garbage, yeah. Why are you chasing? Why is the Pac-12 allegedly chasing Houston. Here's what's going to happen, Tonto. I, I'm just curious, just asking. Like it, these, it's these kind of takes that drive me crazy. Like he says, looking forward ten years, the Pac could be gone, and the Big Twelve is the best of the rest. Ten years, dude. Ten the Pac-12 is going to be gone. In, How about in like fifteen tomorrow? minutes? Like fifteen minutes, dude. Dude, I, I hope you understand. Like again, all due respect, not trying to hate on you. The Pac-12 is done. Like, it's over. It, yeah, th this I, process is playing out right now. My opinion is, in 10 years, the Big 12 is going to be where the Pac-12 is right now. I think that the SEC and the Big 10 are going to eat. I think that the SEC and the Big 10 are going to dissolve the Big 12, and the only question that's going to remain is what's going to happen to the ACC when they can't get any TV money because the Big 10 and really the Big 20 and the SEC are going to you the know have all 20. that. Well, that's what they're going to turn into. There's a lot of conversation that that's what it's going like I know it sounds ridiculous, but the Big 20, like you've added you're going to add all 20. these teams, man. Yeah, I think that's going to happen. Okay. I I think that there is no doubt. And this is just my opinion. I the Pac-12 is dead. Yeah. There there's no and if somebody wants to make the argument that the Pac-12 can live, I'm Don't all for it. Me. I'm all for it. Make the argument that the Pac-12 can live. The Big 12 has outmaneuvered the Pac-12. And it's likely because of what Oklahoma and Texas did. That's what started all of this. Yeah. But the Pac-12 just has not reacted in any way, shape, or form. And they're finding out that nobody values the Pac-12. Mm -hmm. They're finding out that without USC and UCLA... They're worth $300 million per season total. Who's who's making a living on that? Latrell Sprewell's got kids to feed, bro. Like, I, I, you're, you're not making a living on that. This is fucking America. Right, Dana? I mean, you're not making a living on that. Yeah. So I, I just, this whole thing about how 
you know, the Pac-12 is superior and we have better, sharper scalpels dude, than you. Play, like, the, play the Dave Hickey thing for, for all these people. Oh, like, God. Why? Dude, play it. Please. Why? Please just humor Do me. Do I have to? Please. I'm why? begging you because I, I would like people to hear the ignorance that with which Dave Hickey speaks. Please. But I'm very proud of the position that the University of Arizona is in. We are strong. We're solid. Um, this institution will be in the right place. Um, I'm also very confident in the Pac-12. Uh, with its current membership of 10 now. But again, we still have two years before those two other institutions leave. But uh, we've got to be planning and orchestrating and be ready to pivot and do the right things. But I'm very confident in how the Pac-12 looks and how this conference looks going forward. We're an anchor in the West. We're one of the greatest conferences that there's ever been. We have so much tradition and history here connected to the Rose Bowl. Um, there's a lot of value in that. And we're proud as Arizona to be part of that. Bro, what are you talking about, man? What? Dave Hickey, the athletic director at Arizona. What? History in the Pac-12. We have the Rose Bowl. Hey, look at Bro, we're one of the greatest conferences that's ever existed. Yeah, I got news for you, bud. You Who? can keep living in the 1980s if you'd like. Your conference is done. Like, it's over. Dude. I, I don't. Yeah. But do you see the arrogance in that? Do you see yes. the, the. In fact, do you see the ignorance in that? It's incredible that they think that. And, and this isn't just Dave Hickey. This is George Klyavkov, the, the commissioner of the Pac 12. And everyone said, oh, well, George got dealt a tough hand. And, and this is so unfortunate that he's got to deal with it. Maybe a Pac 12 media day, he'll come out with a plan and be accountable and, and they'll figure something out. No, he did the exact opposite and, and Hickey did. He freaking said, hey, we're the best conference ever. You know, look at everything we've done in badminton. And now here we are. Like, you can't do that, dude. Oh, San Diego State, why? He says, Monty, we wiped our hands of Alex Leatherwood yesterday. Chicago, he's yours. Dude! Why do you say such hurtful things? He sucks. What now? Let me tell you what now. Please. And the Bears did claim Alex Leatherwood, the Raider cast-off. And he went to Alabama. He plays offensive line. He is fat. He probably fits. Dude, his last name is Leatherwood. I'd hope he's a lineman. Yeah, right. Uh, Ken Williams says, if I'm Utah, I'm making a call and leaving and going to the Big 12. I, that's Bro, exactly right. That's what I'm saying. I'd do that. Uh, Mark Rasmussen says, I'm already way too sexy. I don't need anything. Okay. No, I guess you not. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, I also think that the Pac-12 is going to die. However, we've been saying uh -oh. that for months now, and they're still alive. Their death might be a slow, painful one. I just think it's a it's a time consuming process. Yeah, you know, Kay Nuren. <laughs> Here it comes Kay's awake today. Here it comes. Uh, yes, the pack is on life support, and the plug is being pulled. Wow. Uh, Ken says you have to go and make moves. Uh, let's see. Uh, Dave Turvort said I checked into local SLC morning radio yesterday. Uh huh. How'd that work out for you? I got three minutes of sports and 10 minutes of men's health. Not making that mistake again. Keep up the good work. <laughs> <laughs> Our promise to you is we will not have any partners that talk about your testicles. I an erection? Unless you were in an accident and your testicles were damaged, we might have to have a conversation. But you shouldn't talk to us about that. You should call the advocates so they Utah can help advocates you. Utahadvocates.com. Um, we will not do ED pills. We will not. Not do happening, ED, bro. We will not do ED treatments. Not happening. We're not. It's not happening. And I appreciate that comment so much, bro. I, and I'm sorry. I got 10 minutes of men's health. Dude, 
It's bad. I love that. It's bad, man. I love that. Tanner yeah. Plummer, Jaron Hall or Cam Rising? Uh, probably Jaron Hall. Right, yeah. Tanner, you know. Unlike the Jazz, BYU and Utah both have a great chance to make a splash in college football. With <laughs> all the respect. Okay, well, first of all, Tanner, the Jazz don't play college football. Um, Tanner asks, a, this is a good question. Jaron Hall or Cam Rising? Okay. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, Cam's been there and done that. Now, he got injured, but he's going to get another chance because it is Utah and Florida. Yes. And Utah is a three-point favorite, mm -hmm. but it's supposedly going Allegedly. to rain. Allegedly. And the swamp is never easy. Jaron Hall. I think the biggest question is, can Jaron Hall stay on the field? And if you missed uh, yesterday the Harris LaChance interview, Harris will join us every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Thanks to our friends at Papa Murphy's. Um, I thought what, what Harris said about being in better condition Oh, the, that the humidity is too much. We, we make too much of the humidity. and Right. I think that's true. But I don't think we make too much about the questions surrounding Jaron Hall and his ability to stay healthy. I think this is a huge question. Because when we were looking at this game last night trying to pick a lock, mm -hmm. you know, before you even pick up a pencil or read an article – you feel like BYU should be a 14-point favorite in this game. Yeah. Now it is Tampa. It's Raymond James Stadium. It's going to be wet. 70% chance of rain, but it always rains in Florida. Mainly because of, you know, it's... Never mind. Anyway, yeah, I was person. going to make a Florida man joke, but I won't. Uh, it always rains in Florida. Yeah. It is always humid in Florida. But this offensive line at BYU is really good. This could be historically good yeah. from a BYU perspective. Their offensive line has a chance to be one of the best offensive lines in the history of BYU football. Size and athleticism. And what Christopher Brooks brings from Cal to Provo is significant. They, are, they have speed. It is still one of the best wide receiver groups that you've had. You now have a real legitimate replacement for Tyler Algier mm -hmm. and Christopher Brooks. It's all on Jaron Hall. 100%. If Jaron Hall wants to be Zach Wilson, Ty Detmer, if he wants to be the next guy in Provo, taking snaps under center, it starts Saturday at Raymond James. Yeah, and by the way, you know, USF's defense is ranked 123rd in the nation, so it's not as though they have some elite defense. Well, and I still maintain that the way BYU wins this game is they road grade USF. Yeah. They run them over. They run the ball, and they run the ball, and they run the ball, and this offensive line has got to perform. It is, it is that simple. Give me five guys that have chemistry, who can stay on the field together, for the next three months, and let's go kick some ass. And it starts Saturday night in Tampa. Yeah. And I think this offensive line for BYU should take it personally that they're only a 12-point favorite. And I understand you get three points for being at home, but the number's still minus 12. Yeah. And I feel like BYU should win this game by two touchdowns. Now, USF's got enough talent, and I still think the biggest question on this BYU team, can they cover? 
Can hmm. they can they play man defense? Can they be in man more than they're in nickel or dime? That's a huge question. Can this defense get you off the field on third down and long? Are you going to continue to give up third and seven over the middle? Because if that's the case, this is going to be a hell of a football game. Yeah. But if this secondary comes through, and I think it will come through, if this secondary comes through and they're able to get off the field on third down and they are able to play more man than they do dime and nickel, dimes and nicks. Yeah. If you're able to get off the field and you give the ball back and you control the clock and you run the ball and Jaron stays stays healthy, there's nothing this BYU team can't do. There's no team this BYU team can't beat. And let's not forget who's playing quarterback for South Florida, right? Bohannon's playing quarterback for South Florida. Where was he? Baylor. What happened at Baylor last year? Had himself a nice little game, didn't he? 18 of 28, 231 yards, 64% for the game, you know, a touchdown and an interception. And we all remember the bomb over the top. So I completely agree. I actually thought that was kind of the key to the game for BYU. I don't think the offense is going to have any trouble. I think they'll walk up and down the field. I think you dominate them up front. Like everything you just said, I agree with all of that. My only concern is the back end of the defense because if Bohannon's able to throw it over the top, if he's able to, able to spread the ball around, that's concerning. Like this should be a control the clock, dominate them yes. type performance. This should not be, hey, the offense put, is putting up 40 but the defense can't really hold their own, so the game ends up being like a 40-31 style game. That's not what this game should be. This should be, because remember, the over-under on this game is 58. So, you know, I look at this game and I say this this is at least 35 points for BYU, but I don't want USF scoring more than 24. I mean, that we just shouldn't well, see more than that. And I, I think that's that this is the this is the man versus zone situation. Yes. And I, I think if you're if you score because let's be honest. Let's just be really honest. Right. The offensive line at USF is not good. Right? You you I mean you should win both both sides of the line here. It's simply a matter of of execution and whether this linebacker core is going to have to play deeper and off the line of scrimmage because if that's the case you're 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 going to give up four touchdowns. You're going to you're, you're going to give up 28 points if you've got to drop your backers a little bit further to compensate for that secondary and you're constantly in in nickel you're playing an extra man in the secondary what that means is instead of you know having a, a linebacker you're you've got five defensive backs yeah in the game cuz you're struggling to cover in man right so you put in an extra and dime is hey we're going to put in two extra like that's the issue this defense needs to be in base they need to be able to cover USF in base, and they need to get off the field on third down. Yes. Because, again, I, I just maintain that, that you're going to have issues defensively for USF. And I still maintain that 35 points is the lowest bar possible for this BYU offense. I just believe too much in the offensive line. Yeah. I, I do. All of my questions are in the secondary for BYU. That's it. You're going to get after that quarterback's ass. You've got linebackers and Dean Lydman that are going to go up against a, a third-rate offensive line, in my opinion. Um, you have a new offensive coordinator at USF who has not had time to recruit or build depth. Mm -hmm. There's no, no question. There's no question that BYU is more talented. Can you cover? That's all, that's all I care about. Y'all feel me? Because this feels... To me, this feels like that game where BYU should put up 41-28, 41-27. You, you, should, you should win in that order, 35-17. Like, this should be cruise control. This should be top 20 when the poll comes out next week. Yes. 
you know, this should be bumping up. Ah, it's only USF. Okay, we'll give you, you know, 20. We'll give you 20. You're 20th in the country, right? All you're doing is building. Yes. All you're doing is pushing towards Oregon. All you're doing is pushing towards Notre Dame. Yeah. Getting better. Getting your getting your shoulders loose. Getting, you know, like popping lids. Like that's what you're doing here. Yep. Unless you can't cover and then you're in a dogfight in the humidity and the rain of South Florida or Central Florida, excuse me, and then you're screwed. Yeah. I mean, this is not that simple. This is not a difficult. This not is not science. a difficult conversation. Yeah, you know, like I just, I think it's one of those things that you have to, you have to do better than you've done historically. Yes. What would you say the score is going to be in this game? Thirty-five twenty-three. That's what I think it is. Thirty-five twenty-four. Thirty-five twenty-one. Ooh. Somewhere in that order. I think you put USF in the twenties. You're gonna, you're gonna be in a fight. Yeah, you're asking for trouble. You're There's gonna no be in a fight. It. I mean. But I just don't, I mean, I have no problem saying I don't trust the BYU secondary. I don't trust them to, like, I don't trust the safeties to make good reads on where Bohannon's going with the football. I don't trust that they're going to, they're like, I don't trust that the BYU defense is going to stack the box early and stop the run. I don't trust that. I think BYU is going to, as you said, is going to come out in a base defense and see what USF has to offer. Do and, you believe that BYU can get after the passer? Yeah, I think I think as the game gets established, yeah. I don't think early in the game, but I think as the game gets established. And what I didn't like this week, I'll be honest with you, what I didn't like that I was hearing out of Jaron and out of a couple other guys is I didn't like that I was hearing, hey, well, you know, you never know what you're going to get out of USF. And, you know, we can prepare, but we're not really sure what we're going to get. Like, I didn't like that. What I would have preferred to have heard is, hey, yeah, you know, they've got, you know, they, they brought in Bohannon, you know, you've got a, a, a new coordinator or whatever. Like, you know, you've got some new pieces there. They have um, questions at USF. Yeah, like they have questions, but really we're not going to focus on them. We're going to focus on us. We need to control the line of scrimmage. You know, we need to really uh, get, you know, Brooks established in this game because that to me is the key. Because if you think about it, and we're going to get to Notre Dame and Ohio State, and this this right here will be a factor in that game too. Can you run the football and just control the clock? Can you run the football, run 10, 12, maybe even 15 play drives and eat up like eight, nine minutes? If you do that, this game is not in question. Like, I think that alleviates defensive issues. But if you have these high-scoring, high-flying, quick drives and you're leaning on your defense a little bit, that to me is is a bit concerning. I'm curious. Hmm, that's interesting. I mean, I, I does Keenan Peely record a sack in this game? Because I think if I'm BYU, I'm blitzing a lot, and Chaos. I think I think when you when you look at the you look at the numbers and and you start looking at guys like Gabe Summers or you start looking at at you know Tyler Batty and you you look at a really dynamic group of of linebackers and and whether that's you know Bywater, Tuli, Peely, like I mean whoever you want to point to, you start looking at those numbers and you start looking at those names and. I think the stat sheet is going to, it, for one of the rare times, because I don't ever believe that a box score or a stat sheet in a football game on an individual basis can tell you a whole lot. Mm -hmm. If the linebackers are double-digit tackles and, you know, you've only got one sack in the game and that's a, you know, third down conversion, that's going to be a question. Yeah. And we talked to Harris LaChance about this yesterday. Where are you at in the fourth quarter of this game? Are you are you closing shop, or are you still trying to build the shop? Are you still fighting for a win? Hopefully, you're cruising in late in the game, late in the second half. Hopefully, you're cruising. 
Hopefully the fourth quarter is never in doubt. That's I, that's a huge question. I want me. this BYU football propensity to not show up for the USF style game to go away. I want the propensity to not kick the living hell out of Idaho State last year to go away. Like like we like I believe in this team. I think this team can be a 10 or 11 win team. I absolutely do. They have a tough schedule, there's no doubt about that, but I think they're capable. I think they're absolutely capable of shocking some people. What but, does that mean shocking some like people? Like beating Notre Dame, beating, you know, Oregon, like beating these teams that people are like, "Oh, well, they have no chance to to beat those those power teams," you know? Like I I I just think that BYU has to like one of the things they got to get better at and, and I feel like this is kind of a Kalani thing to kind of instill in his team is no matter who we're facing we have to bring 110% every single week we have to bring that ability to cover every single week we have to bring the the hammer that really should be Brooks every single week and I think the problem is for BYU and we've had long discussions about this on the show as injuries stack as you go through the seasons, because injuries will happen. We all know that. It's part of the game. As injuries happen for this team, the inability to backfill those is concerning. So, so what do you what do you so, what did you say you think your score is again? Thirty five points for BYU. And I think low twenties for USF. Like the score I wrote down was thirty five twenty three. I think it's thirty five twenty one, thirty five twenty three, twenty four, somewhere in there. Like I think they'll handle their business. But again, you know, Last year, that's that's what I remember about last year. Hey, you should have gotten further. You should have, you know, made some serious noise at the end of the year. And you just didn't hammer these teams. You didn't put them in their place. And that's what I want to see out of this game. Yep, 8.30 talking uh, BYU football as we get you ready for uh, BYU and USF. There you see my lock, 37-21. It's a win cover over. Um, I think they cover the 12 points. Uh, Jake is in the same boat as me. He says 35-23, which is nervous. That's nervy time. Because now if BYU doesn't make a play. I guess I just don't have play, the confidence. That, that's my problem. But what is, what is causing that lack of confidence? Because I, the, I think, the back end of the defense, Jaron Hall's inability to stay healthy in his decision-making, which is something that needs to improve, and then the running game. I want it like, a great, hey, great, Chris Brooks is this great back, and he can he, he's this amazing player. Okay, I got to see hey, that. He's a transfer portal, transfer portal win. Yeah. Right? Absolutely is. He is a guy that can represent a, you know, a, a you know kind of a new way of doing business. If he comes in and he runs all over USF, that's a great start. Then I'm I like, hey, great. I'm confident now. But, I, but the question I ask you is, what would prevent them from running for 300 yards? What would prevent, the, or 200 yards, excuse me. What would prevent them from, from running up 500 yards in total offense on USF? Jaron getting hurt because he tried to go five extra yards. But note, you didn't say an offensive line issue or a lack of running back depth. With with. Yeah, I mean, what they have happened the last year? Yeah, they have the depth. with what happened last year and the graduation of Tyler Algier to the Falcons, and you know, losing that depth or losing that star power. It, this shows you that Kalani and company can go out and find a Chris Brooks at Cal. Mm-hmm. You still have Pini Katoa, who I think is in year thirty-seven at BYU. <laughs> like you, you have oh, McChesney. Oh, you have depth at BYU in really critical offensive positions now. And again, I think that includes quarterback because. Yeah. There's no doubt if you're a BYU fan, you're terrified that Jaron goes down and Jacob Conover is going to have to step this in. Is Coach Saban. I don't think he's getting hurt. I, I think I think he's ready to go. All right, let's get your thoughts on this. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, honestly, if it, it was hilarious once BYU started getting hurt that the Cougar fans acted like BYU was the only team that deals with injuries. Mm-hmm. 
We'll see. We'll see. M. Morris says it can be a very special year for college football here in Utah. Hell yeah, it can. True. True. I would agree with that. Uh, let's see. I think uh, Jerem Tracy says, I hope we don't see the rush three cover eight as much as we saw last year at BYU. Dude, you can't. You, you can't. can't. You cannot. Listen, at some point, at some point, you know, we're going to have to have, you know, like real man football played and stuff. Facts. We, we can't. These, they're, the athletes are too good in the Big 12. The athletes are too good at Oregon, Notre Dame, USF. The athletes yeah. are too good to yeah. rush three, cover eight. Mm -hmm. that, 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 those days are over. You, you can't do that. Malik Moore in that secondary has to be better. They have to be, and I think they will be. I think they will be. Riley O'Brien says, morning casuals, love to you all. Appreciate you, Riley. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate you, bro. Uh, let's see. Bro Boyd Lake says, I don't mind drop eight if they if three can pressure the quarterback into mistakes. Well, that's a different situation, but I yeah. just think, look, I, I think that it's no secret. I've, this is this is Captain Obvious, right? BYU likes to play zone. They like to play zone because they, they haven't been historically athletic enough to play man, and, and I think at some point you got to get comfortable playing single high safety. You got to be comfortable playing man across the board and pressuring the quarterback. That's what you have to do. And I think that the, the frustrating portion is when I talk about Bohannon going over the top on you at Baylor last year, who's to say that's not going to happen again this year? Who's to say that, that USF won't come out and spot 14 points before BYU's had a chance to get comfortable in this game? That's well, what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the not that I don't have confidence in BYU to win this game. They are going to win this game, in my opinion, 100% believe that. But what I'm curious about is the path to win that game. Is the path to winning this game total dominance? Chris Brooks, you know, Jaron Hall, the offensive line, road grading this football team. Is that what we see? Or do we see, uh, oh, I can't catch the ball, easy completions, the ball's wet, it's humid, we're struggling, we're cramping. Like, what, what do we see? I've heard all week about sports scientists and Kalani talking about, you know, we've pushed these guys harder and we've done it in a safe way because the sports scientists. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Whoa. Adler, Adler Harris with a hundo. A hundred out. Well, okay, wait. Adler, I question your character as a man that you shorted me a penny. He tipped us $99.99. Damn, bro. <laughs> bro, what did he say? Let's go. What did dude say? Let's go. I'm a BYU fan, so I'm biased, but I just have a hard time thinking Utah will go to Florida on an opening game and win handily. Please help me understand the details. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for being an honest podcast. Yeah, so wow. what I was getting at before someone really paid us $100. Oh! oh. oh. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Come on. You know, what I was getting to here is just that I kind of share that sentiment. I don't have the confidence right now in BYU secondary. I, I mean, again, I don't mean it in a disrespectful way, but I have to see, like, I got to see BYU establish the ability to play man. Like, we have to see that because when you go out and you play Oregon, when you play Notre Dame in the, yep. in the driveway we're giving you to go and see that, bro, when you're sitting at Allegiant Stadium watching this game, are you going to see eight in the secondary or are you going to see man coverage with great linebacker play and great defensive line play? Yeah, the, like, the, the, drop, the, drop three, the drop three cover eight has, lit, has lit everybody on fire. You know, I mean, it, it's... I, I mean, I just you know. think... I, I, but it's a reality of life at BYU. That's what we've seen way too much of. And I and I just... 
So I'm saying uh, the way I like to verbalize this is what is the path to a win in this game? Because, again, I'm not going to sit here and say they're losing this game because they're not. They're going to win this game. They should win this game handily. They should dominate this team. They should road grade them on offense, and they should suffocate them on defense. That's what should happen. But is that going to happen? I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Adler, again, really appreciate you supporting the show. Thank you. Adler also drops 99 more cents on us. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You're amazing, dude. Appreciate that so much. Um, Wow, team money. Will black players on Utah BYU be called the N-word if they don't win? Here we go. Here we go. You know, you just always got to work in the race card, don't you? Ken Williams says, T, come on now. Stop. Wow. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. That's right, T. You know, that's right, T. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, Boyd Lake says, I think most everyone wants to see what the BYU defense can do. Got to stay healthy this year for sure. Yes. Uh, let's see. Tanner says, Mont Jake, one of you guys needs to be uh, the BYU DC. I'm not even kidding. I don't trust uh, Tuiaki. I mean, whether I, it's that's too- a but but Tanner, that's yeah. that's a very good point. I should be the no, I'm kidding. No, I I think that's one of the biggest questions this year. Can BYU fans actually get on board with Tuiaki as your defensive coordinator? Because I think there's so many so many BYU fans really want Kalani to replace him, and I just don't think that's how Kal- well, Kalani if, operates, dude. If we're gonna if we're gonna have that conversation, then we also need to have the conversation about how Kalani came out and said that. He wants to cut Jaron loose, and he wants Jaron to play aggressive, and he wants Jaron to go all out this year. What does that mean exactly? Because Jaron, again, and I and I don't mean to you know be repetitive on this, but this team can't afford to have the ASU goal line incident with Jaron Hall. That can't happen. Yeah, this year. you can't expose him because that also weakens the defense. Yeah, if Jaron Hall's not your quarterback, the defense is not as good as it can be because they're going to be on the field more. So when we're talking honest. about dropping three and covering eight, that's going to happen if Jaron Hall gets hurt. You can bank on that. Yeah, I, I, I just think it's interesting to see the fan sentiment, and and I think Tanner, you're exactly right. I mean the, the 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 Tuiaki thing is a real conversation. I just think that yeah, you, that's right, T. You you have to. You have to prove it week in and week out. And I don't think Kalani or Tuiaki have a problem with that. I really yeah. don't. I mean, I, I just think it's, you know, I mean, that relationship with those two runs deep. Uh, the big Mugambo. Mugambo. Tuiaki is poo-poo DC. I'm sure he's a great person, though. I'm sure he is. It's never personal. <laughs> um, MH5 says drop three, cover eight only works against teams like Nebraska. Frost will give you mulligans if you need it. LOL. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I just I have really high hopes for BYU this year. I, I do. I As think I think everybody does, and that's and kind should. of the problem. Like, and should they I are mean, the hopes are justified, but again, that's why week one is so important. Like I, I and and I and I go back to that comment that we got a couple minutes ago about how this could be an amazing year for for football in the state of Utah. Hello, good lord, my bad. Sorry. Damn ESPN ads. Um, you know that's why I go back to this whole concept of this could be an amazing year of football in the state because I I think. You know, like we talked about Utah, we're, you know, we're talking about BYU. Like there's a lot on the line. And, and I think then you add on top of that the whole conference realignment thing and expansion and TV deals and the Pac-12s on the chopping block. Like it's just a crazy time in the sport that we haven't seen in a minute. South Florida, Baylor, and Oregon. I don't know many teams that are going to start their season with that kind of run. Yeah. And I think that's why this game, when you look at South Florida, this game is absolutely critical. because. I don't even think it's it's terrible if if you start one and one because you you know you lose to to South Florida that's brutal yeah 
Because I, I think these first two games are must wins. You have to get redemption against Baylor. Yeah. But you can only get redemption against Baylor if you beat South Florida. So this game Saturday is it's just, it's monumental. It's huge. It's massive. Yes. It is not it, it it's just not even it's not even a conversation. Boyd Lake says Tuiaki has good games, was lights out versus Utah last year. I agree. It, it, I think it's the the thing that you're upset about is not even the schematics or the play calling. It's the lack of talent to call the plays and run the scheme you want to run. Yeah. And I think now you've addressed some of that. I I, I do. Kane Nuren, uh, he isn't going to get rid of his brother. He will help him. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Justin Salas, good morning, friend. Morning, fellas. Would love your thoughts on what USU-Alabama score will be. Oof. Do we really Utah need- State made some people nervous last week. Um, this is Coach Saban. I think it's a 31-point win for Alabama. Yeah. I think this is potentially Nick Saban's best Alabama team ever. Yeah. I think it's Salah says by 24. I think it's 31. Yeah. Uh, Ken Williams says BYU needs to run the ball. Yes. 1870 GC says rush three, drop eight worked once against USC team with the worst coaching staff they've had in 50 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, come on, dude. Come on. (laughs) That's gangster 1870. That is, that's, that's the goods. Uh, Douglas Baker says 2420. Oh, dude. 2420. Oh, Gators. Gators. You're talking about Utah. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't even agree with that. I think Utah is going to win that game. I, I think that the 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 thing I'm standing on here when I look at this game is Anthony Richardson's inability to throw the football effectively. That's what I'm looking at. I think that yeah. the Utah defense is fast. I think that that you know you 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 look at the new linebackers they brought in. You look at just the quality of defense that Kyle Whittingham, you know. Uh, tried in, uh, you know, year in and year out, tried and true, the quality of the defense Whittingham puts out, I think that's what they're going to stand on. And and yeah, frankly, I think Cam Rising, he's been here and done that. This is not a big game for Cam Rising it, it, mentally. Like, he's not going into this game being like, oh, well, hey, this is a big game. I better perform. Now, what he's going in is he's saying, okay, week one, let's execute. Let's let's get our feet under us. Let's execute. And, and, and let's be smart with the football. And I think that that, to me... That reliability factor, you brought it up earlier, like the fact that Utah's been there and done that, I think is a huge advantage for their football team when we talk about going on the road to Florida. I think it's a big advantage. So, I mean, the score that I that I have written down here is, is uh, very similar to the BYU score. I think it's 31-24. I think they handle their business. I think they impress some people here. Uh, and I think they go 1-0 on the road in Florida. So you're going 31-24. Yeah, 31-24 Utes. I think that, you know, Cam. So that's, Cam, o- that's an over. That's an over, yeah. That's and, and, an over. And the other thing I look at, too, and I was just kind of seeing, looking looking for some team stats last night and, like, what Utah's done in the last, with this squad last season. The thing that really stood out to me, this first stat I found was 30 points in 11 of their last 14 games. Okay, it's 30 points. Neat, cool, great. But then you dive deeper, and it's 35-plus points in eight of their last nine contests. So this offense is comfortable. This offense is going to get going. And that's what I thats what I feel like is really encouraging. If this does indeed turn into an offensive firefight, let's say, I think Utah is still in a good place. But at the end of the day, it comes down to stopping Richardson from running all over you. That's the thing. You can't allow him to get loose. Well, and Naquan writes a hell of a running back for Florida. I, I, yeah. I would not be, and I, I understand that Anthony Richardson's a, a, a dynamic athlete. 
I'm telling you, Naquan Wright is a really good running back. And and I know that that they have depth at running back, but you know, I, I still maintain um, you know, you you look at guys like Ricky Pearsall, you look at they have they have tools. Mm-hmm. They may not have the spectacular go-to best receiver in college football. They may not have that at quarterback or, or running back, but they've got absolutely enough athlete um, at Florida to beat you. And and the the biggest question for me again, um, you know, is is going to be this offensive line. Um, you know, I I think it's really interesting to see, you know, how well can can this Utah defense get after the quarterback? You know, and Mahmoud Diabate obviously knows the Florida system well. Um, I think he is a, I, I think Diabate brings speed and he, he just brings that intangible that you can't teach mm-hmm. losing Devin Lloyd. I mean, that's something obviously you have to talk about losing yeah. Devin Lloyd is, is something that you are going to struggle to replace Diabate. I think does that he is a sideline, the sideline football player. I think Anthony Richardson is well aware of his abilities. I think he is the guy that you probably spy Richardson with. And that's why I say I, you're really going to have to figure out Naquan Wright and figure out stopping the run because that's going to be the critical part of this. you got to make Anthony Richardson beat you. And you got to do that with him throwing, not running. Make him one-dimensional. And that means making sure that your gap sound, which means don't overrush, don't be overaggressive, mm-hmm. don't overpursue the football, be gap sound on Utah's defense, which they are. I mean, they're notorious for it. And I, I think that's how they win this game. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I, I think that's the formula. And I think I think for Utah, the thing is, is that there are a lot of expectations. You know, that's, you know, again, as the saying goes, with all due respect to BYU, I think Utah has a ton of expectations. And I think Utah has a ton to play for, you know, with the conference expansion stuff. And I think that that – that's why this game has to be convincing. That's why it's not good enough just to come in and scrape out of this with a win. I think if you can come in and you can get a, a 10-point win, because I don't think you're much further away than that. I think 10 points is probably their cap. Ooh. Like I think if you can get a 10-point win here in the fourth quarter, like if you're at 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, you're up 10 and you have the ball, that's a convincing win to me. That's where I'd be like, okay, they did their job here. You're you're winding down the clock. You're in a good place. Well, and I also look at uh, my lock's going to be Utah 26, uh, Florida 21, win cover under. Damn. I think that, it's close. I do think it's close because I think Florida can run. And that's the one thing that really stands out to me. And, and Lloyd and Sewell are two guys that are very difficult to replace. Uh, I think Diabate is a really good linebacker. But I think when you look at um, – you look at some of these numbers from last year and, and you look at the depth. Um, how do you fill Britton Covey's shoes? I mean, that 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 still to me, bless you, that Thank still you. to me is is the biggest thing. And and I, I again I will say, you know what you have in Dalton Kincaid and Brent Brent Keithy. You, yeah. you know what they are. I don't know what Devon Vele is. And I think he is your number one guy. I believe he's also going to return punts for Utah. Mm-hmm. Devon Vele is a guy that's going to have to show out. And because I, I think we all feel really comfortable. You know who your quarterback is. Yeah. You know you're going to live in, and die with, with the running backs. Yeah. You know you're going to be able to run the ball. But are you going to be able to throw the ball down the field, especially on a, 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 a defense that, that's got the quicks that Florida's got? That's the biggest question. 
I don't think they're going to be able to do that. This is going to be a grinder of a football game. Yeah. I think this game is going to be played in one at the line of scrimmage. I know that sounds cliche, but I think Utah's offensive line is is much better. I think, um, you know, that when, when you look at Tavion Thomas, he's a stud, dude. And, mm-hmm. and, and now I think you have a better, more prepared depth chart at running back. And, and you look up and down the depth chart, and, and I think Tavion Thomas and Micah Bernard are two guys that you're going to win and lose with. And Tavion Thomas is a guy that it absolutely exploded out of that backfield last year, and there's no reason to think he can't have a better year this year than he had last year. Absolutely. There's no reason to believe that that uh, Cam Rising can't have a better year this year than he had last year. I mean, if he stays healthy, they're going to be they would be Rose Bowl champions. Well, and he's today. not competing for his job. That's the thing. I mean, this has been his well, job. I agree there's with that, that comfortability. Yeah. Like it's been his team. So yeah, I think so that helps. I, that's why I say I I think. I want to believe that this secondary, Cole Bishop, Clark Phillips, that there, there are there is talent in that day. It's Kyle Whittingham. This secondary is good. They're putting up thirty points in this game. I'm just telling. you. I think. Knock it listen, down. I think if you just ask me, hey, what do I think is going to happen? I want to say they win by ten. But if I'm a betting man, that's my lock for a reason. Twenty six, twenty one. I think they cover the number, but it goes under. Mm-hmm. Because this this Utah defense to go over, Florida's got to score, and I really believe in this Utah defense. Well, we I, both believe that Florida is going to be low twenties. I mean, you have them at twenty one, right? I have them twenty one. I have them at twenty four. So we agree on that for the most part. I mean, they're somewhere in the low twenties. I just, for me, I think that Utah is going to be able to run the ball effectively in this game, and if they're doing that, their offense is going to click. And I think that. That's why you see these two stats, and I and I'm not usually a stat guy, but I think it's really telling from a team perspective when you can say eight of our last nine contests we've got 35 plus points. That's impressive, and I'm not saying this is some 40 point performance, but I just no. I think 30 is reliable for this offense. I, I don't think Anthony Richardson has a go to wide receiver. I think that this secondary is elite at Utah, mm-hmm. and I think that Clark Phillips is going to turn off half the field. And that's why I say Cole Bishop's a huge player in this game. I, I think I think Diabate's ready to rock and roll. This is a great first game for him in a Utah mm-hmm. uniform going back home. Yep. I mean, you like you like everything about it. I think they win by 10, but my lock is 26-21 Utah. There you go. So that's that's just kind of where I come down on it. Let's see where you guys go. Holabilly says 41-24 Utah. Damn. Hope Good so. Lord. Hope so. Good Lord. Hope so. Uh, can B12. Yeah, you better. Uh, Ken Williams says Utah will run the ball as uh, and wear down the defense. I think that's Hope absolutely so. that's absolutely a a a possibility. Um, it, it, we'll see. I, I why wouldn't you run the ball? Yeah, I why mean, you're, you you're definitely going to. You got to establish a rhythm. There's no doubt. Uh, Tanner Plummer says Utah State looked like crap. Bama's going to win by at least fifty. This is Coach Saban. He says Utah's going to beat Florida twenty-seven twenty. I like that. Douglas uh, Beecher says, yep, linebackers, they brought in Diabate from the Swamp. Yep, yeah. I think that's huge. Yep. Also says, night game in the Swamp to kick off the season. No way the Utes score 31 under all day. I'm kind of in that same spot as well. I mean, you're on the road. It's Gainesville. It's a great yeah. atmosphere. Students are going to be lit. Um, I'm telling you. You know. Uh, uh, but and- you're, you, you're, you're underselling Jake. your ability to throw up Cs. Okay. I, well, is that supposed to be like a hug motion or, or what do we got there? It's some kind of dance move. It's some kind of dance move. Got it. Got it. Okay. You know. Okay. 
Uh, it is what it is. Uh, Caleb says, uh, how important uh, would a Utah-BYU conference game be in the Big 12? Oh, geez. Vital. Huge. And how much playoff implications would that division have? Well, a lot. I also think, by the way, did you guys see that the uh, conference committee, the executive board, is going to meet this week to talk about expanding the college football playoff? I'm not at liberty to say. Yeah, we'll see. You know, I mean, it's interesting. It's, it, I'm. Can you imagine BYU in a in a holy war for for a conference championship? Excellent. Come on. That's what I'm saying. That's what we all want. Come on. I mean, and if the if this if the you know college football playoff board managers yes. get together yes. this week and expand the playoff to sixteen teams, good lord. Good lord. Come on. Uh Richard McDonald says, I bet the Utes pull out a W in the swamp. National media uh isn't giving Utah enough love, which pains me to say as a BYU fan, but sports line has the Utes losing by one. Yeah, that's not going to happen, dude. I I think that I, I'm I'm very confident in the Utes' ability to score 30 points in this game. I think that I think you have very confident. Yeah, I'm very confident. I think you 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 have reliability in your quarterback and your running back and your offensive line. I think that yes, you do have questions at wide receiver, but at the same time, that you know guys like Vele are going to have a point to prove in this game. You know, you're 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 coming out knowing that there's questions about who you who you're going to be at Utah. Not no. that they're criticizing you, but we just don't know because you haven't had an opportunity to play yet. So, I, I think that the, the Utah secondary is just too good. I, I'm I'm just so I'm saying like I'm not they're just too good. I'm not going to sit here and wonder if they're winning this game. I'm confident the Utes are going to win this game. Yeah, me too. I but I but I'm more confident I think than most in the 30 point portion because again. You look at these stats, and it's thirty points in the in in eleven of their last fourteen, and thirty five and eight of their last nine. So they were getting better as the season was going on. And show sure, me that Devon Vele can play wide receiver yeah. at a big time level, yes. and then yes. I'll be confident in thirty points. And that's fair. That's totally fair. If I'm, you yeah. if you do you buy that that Brant Keithy can can line up at wide receiver and be effective? Yeah, he can. You he do. Can. Yeah, he can do that for sure. You do because yeah. I, I think he well. And that's something certainly to watch because how they use Keithy and and is he tight? Is he lined up out? How do they cover um, him? That's my question. If you're going to line him up at wide receiver, is a linebacker going with him? Or are you going to try and cover that with a DB? That that to me is why you do that because you're trying to see what you can get the defense to do. Uh, 1870 GC says, I live in Florida. Go to Gator games when I don't uh, trip to Cougs. I'm willing to admit that Cam Rising is so much better than Richardson. Yeah. Wow. Good on you. Uh, hey, look at that. Cam Rising gives us a $2 tip. Cam Rising. <laughs> Cam Harrison gives us a $2 tip. <laughs> slip. Yeah. Uh, Cam Harrison gives us a $2 tip. Good morning, guys. Shout out to Mobamba. Oh, we need a little shout out to Mobamba action. Mobamba. Okay. Shout out to Mobamba. Uh, go BYU. Thanks. Uh, appreciate the tip, Cam. Uh, appreciate that a lot. Uh, MH5 says Big 12 needs to add flagship institutions. An AAU affiliate would be wonderful. Utah looking at you. KU is lonely. There you go. Bro, what time is it right now, bro? It is 8.55, which means it's time for Football at 50, and we'll just continue Football at 50. Uh, Brought to you by good friends at uh, Papa Murphy's Pizza. No one goes all in on made-from-scratch freshness like Papa Murphy's. Because when you go all in, people notice. Go all in with the Triple Pet Pizza for just $11.99. Papa Murphy's. Change the way you pizza. Papa Murphy's presents 
Uh, football 50 every hour, 10 of the hour. We're being the biggest stories in sports as we continue to get you ready for BYU in Utah. Hey, when you go to Papa Murphy's or you order online or through their awesome mobile app, make sure you use the promo code MONTY25. MONTY25 gets you 25% off your order of $25 or more. I am not a pepperoni guy. Not a pepperoni guy. I am a guy. veg guy. Cu- yeah. I custom make all my pizzas. Although, I'm sorry if you're offended by next that. time we go to Papa Murphy's when we be- get back from Hawaii, uh, Wait. We definitely, I don't think without question, we definitely have to try the stuffed crust pizza. Yes. Because that looks very good. Yes. Fat. That looks very good. Let's keep rolling with your comments. Okay, uh, hold wait, so hold on, hold yes. on, hold on. On the Utah game, where do you come down? How many points do you think Utah is going to score in this game? Do you think, first of all, do you think they break 30? And if not, what do you think they get? Okay, again, as a betting man, I'm telling you go 26-21 Utah over Florida. Okay, as a Wind betting cover man. under. Okay. Okay? Yeah. I believe I I feel like yes the Utes will score 31. My biggest question is I think you have to go under because Florida doesn't have a proven commodity at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the secondary is elite. That's why I'm at 21 on Florida. Yeah. My biggest question is can the Utes throw the ball effectively outside of 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 Dalton Kincaid and Brand Keithy? I don't know, and I want Devon Bailey to be a star. I don't know. I don't know. And it, it's it, it, you don't replace Britton Covey easily. The intangible part of Britton Covey, that little ball of might. Yeah. You do not replace that easily. Devon Vele has the talent, all the tools. Can he do it? We'll see. That's why I'm at 30. That's why I'm at 26 21. If Devon Vele is legit, they're going to score 35 points. Yeah. He's, gonna, he's good for 10 on his own. So I, I think. That's my biggest question. That by far is my biggest question. Okay. Uh, about them. Uh, let's see. Snooka, Monty Snooka. with the hit, hit them folks dance move. Uh. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, you know this and that. Drop it on them. Whatever. Drop it on them. Okay. Uh, Richard McDonald gives us a ten dollar tip and says, "What's your thoughts on West Virginia, Pitt, Penn State, Purdue? Penn State. Is this finally the year that Penn State like?" Is kicking ass and taking Nittany Lion names. Is this the year they move on? I think, I think, I looked at that line last night. Jake didn't want to talk Penn State Purdue. Jake hates Purdue. Yeah, Purdue, yeah, get, yeah, no, I'm not a Purdue guy. Not a Purdue guy. Not now, at all. Now, listen, the bigger question is listen, we, 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 I like you, Jake. I do. I think, Don't lie to me. I think you're a fairly average human. Um, you know, a little less than that as a guy. Here's where the conversation gets difficult. But you hurt me deeply last night. All due respect. And I haven't, I'll be honest with you, I haven't recovered. Don't um, you illuminate me. You know, this BS with you taking Ohio State over Notre Dame, I mean, it's slander. I mean, it's slander. Let's be honest. I've, I've always uh, stood on my innocence. It's slander. It, it, it's not, you know, it, it just, it hurts me. Bro. It hurts me. Dude, um, you, have you have you been on the ganj lately? Or, or what have you, or, you know, what have you well, been? Well, I mean, I think I would ask you the same thing by picking Ohio State. It's not like they're playing at the shoe. Um, <laughs> Final. I, I mean, I mean, it's not like Urban Meyer's their head coach still. Excuse me, it's Pervin Meyer. Thank you. Dude's probably I'm sorry, at Pervin Meyer. Yes, dude's probably Jesus. at the bar talking to some young woman. 
Listen, friends. And Richard, I would be on Penn State covering the three. Yeah. And I would be on Pitt winning the game. But let's be honest about something. Okay? It's, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, okay? It's not really an opinion. It's uh, 9 o'clock, and the Monty in the Morning Show is brought to you by the Advocates. <laughs> I was just waiting for the clock to turn over. Um, 20 seconds back to football, but the Advocates injury attorneys are now the presenting sponsor of the Monty Show. Find them online at utahadvocates.com. Um very plain and simply, when you've been in an accident, um, you know you you need help. You need somebody to be your advocate, and the Utah Advocates um, help people injured by another person's negligence every single day. Um, personal injury is all they do. The Advocates helped others win; they'll help you win too. Visit utahadvocates.com. Tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. That really helps us. Um, and listen, I think. You know, it, it's tough to reach out. As men, we're very proud. But if you've been in an accident, if you've been injured, um, no matter what form that takes, yeah, you you need help with that. You need to defer your medical bills. You shouldn't have to pay any money out of your pocket to get the representation that you deserve. That's why you go to utahadvocates.com, utahadvocates.com. The Advocates Injury Attorneys present the Monty Show right here on YouTube. Um I may call the advocates to sue you. Um, if you take if you take Ohio State, I may go to utahadvocates.com and ask for help because that would injure me. Well, that, that would injure me deeply. You know what? Every year I hear Notre Dame this, Notre Dame that. Manti Teo is going to come back and make a play. Stop it. Notre Don't. Dame's going to have a great game. Ronaya? Ronaya? <laughs> Notre Dame's going to beat some huge opponent and then they get slapped, you know, schlacked, absolutely run out of the shoe by like 40 points. So, again, I'm just going to keep saying it. I need to see more. I need to see proof that you can actually beat Alabama in the playoff a couple years ago, that you can beat Ohio State, that you can do what Oregon did, which is run the football and cause problems. Show me you can do that. If you do that, you'll win the game. Somehow, I don't think that's going to happen. So thus, I took Ohio State. I, listen, why? I'm going to do that. I think that, again, Lorenzo Styles mm-hmm. is one of the best wide receivers in the country, and he wears a golden dome. And you start looking at, you know, Colsey and Thomas and Salerno and... You start looking at Michael Mayer, who I think is the best tight end in the country. BYU is going to, or excuse me, Notre Dame is going to score points. The question is going to be, is Tyler Butchner a legitimate Notre Dame quarterback? Is he a guy um, that you can count on? Is he a guy that can keep the offense on the field? Because this defense is going to be elite. Their their offensive line is going to be fine. Um, I think Joe Alt, is one of the better left tackles that nobody knows of. Um, I think Zeke Carell is a really good center for, for Notre Dame. Who the f*** is that guy? But let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> Boy, you are just asking for it. You are asking for it. <laughs> Riley Mills, the uh, junior defensive end, I think is is a difference maker. Uh, 
I think you look that, at the fact that Notre Dame is three deep um, at the tackle. Um, Jacob Lacey is going to have a breakout year, in my opinion. Howard mm-hmm. Cross um, is unbelievable. I mean, this defensive front is ferocious. They have talent. Bertrand at the mic. Yeah, they've got talent. I mean, I'm I'm telling you now. I am telling you now. Kaiser, there's a, a kid named Jack Kaiser, number 24, plays a rover for Notre Dame. This defense can play with any offense in the country. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, please continue. continue. By the way, we are hiring a new co-host for the show because I'm going to drown you in Hawaii. I am going to do Oh, uh, yeah. Co-host uh, accidentally disappeared uh, snorkeling uh, off Maui. <laughs> Talk show host gets his face caught in a propeller. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the point is. The point is. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Yep. What What is it that... What is it that you – so is it just that you're bitter about Notre Dame? No. What it is 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 reputationally speaking, they never live up to it. That's my problem. Like, And I know Brian Kelly took his terrible-ass accent down to LSU, and I know they got a new head coach and everything's awesome, and you've got a ton of talent. I don't disagree with that. Notre Dame really should have a good season. They should, like, they should have a double-digit win season, but I'm not going to sit here – and, and live in fairyland. I'm not going to wear freaking, you know, green sunglasses. This team needs to prove they can beat the best of the best. And and frankly, I think Ohio State is only second or third to Georgia and Alabama. Like, this is a good team, obviously. So if, if you lose the game, okay, great. But how did you lose? I mean, was this a one-score game? Was it a battle? And like- it might be a one-score game because they're, you know, Notre Dame is three deep at running back. They're going to have the ability to run the ball. I and just I, don't I, think- want the, I just don't want it to be, hey, you lost by 30 points again. I don't want to see that kind of game here. I, I'm okay if you lose this game and, and it's a tight game. You fought your ass off like – like, hey, you know, Ohio State, like if the headline is Ohio State escapes the shoe and, and you know, by one score, all right, cool. Totally fine with that. But do not go into this game and get lit up and lose by 25. Mm-hmm. I, I, you just can't have that. Can't have it. I, I'm telling you, they're not going to lose by 25. Yeah. Is no, if we're being, oh, what? where did the lines, can we? I, I, well, yeah, I, I have the lines here. Hang on. I'm okay, telling you now. It's minus 13 to Ohio State and over under 59 and a half. And I think that line started at 15. Yeah. I'm telling you now, they're, they're going to cover this. This is a one-score game. And I know that's crazy, and I know that people are telling me, oh, you're just a Notre Dame fan. You're damn right I'm a Notre Dame fan. <laughs> you're damn right I'm a Notre Dame fan. But the thing that I know is this team has finally – this Notre Dame t- Notre Dame team has depth. Can you cover? Um, yeah, it started at minus seventeen. To Ohio seventeen. State. Thank so you. it's come down to thirteen significantly. Yeah, because a lot of money's coming on Notre and Dame. And now it's fifty nine instead of fifty nine and a half. This is there. It is. You are going to be surprised. And I think when you look at you look at Notre Dame Ohio State, it is easy to write Notre Dame off in this game. It is easy to. It is easy to say that, hey, Notre Dame sucks and Manti Teo's girlfriend is still dead. Okay, we totally get that. I love that show. I'm telling you now. <laughs> I am telling you now. Notre Dame is gonna is a dog that wants a fight. And going to the shoe, going to, going to Columbus, you better be a dog looking to fight because they're coming for that ass. Ohio it. State is one of the most difficult 
teams to face, especially on their home turf. Mm -hmm. This team's defense was terrible last year. Ohio State's defense was awful. Pack your shit. Look, Let's go. Yeah, look no further. Look no further than what you see in the Rose Bowl last year. It, I, I mean, it, it's just not, in my opinion, a checkbox that you can give to Ohio State. Ohio State, and, and they've earned it. Don't get me wrong. They've earned it. Mm-hmm. They're, reputationally, they've earned it. Ohio State's got to prove that they can stop teams. And this this Notre Dame team is going to be able to run the ball against Ohio State. So they're going to be able to control the clock. Yeah. They're going to run clock. They're legit. They're legit 1A, B, and C at running back. Their offensive line will do more than enough to keep them on the field. The biggest question for me is, can Notre Dame in the secondary run with those those Ohio State wide receivers? Because burners, bro. They're really fast. Yeah. They're really yeah. fast. And I think when you look at where they are and what Notre Dame can do, I think this is a one-score game. I, I think hope it's so. a one-score game. I really hope so. I would love nothing more than that. That's right, T. Yeah, come on. Love nothing more than that. So what? you're going to pick what? I'm going to pick Ohio State to win this game. That's well. The betting man in me is going to say Ohio State's going to win by like uh, eleven points. What I actually think is going to happen is Notre Dame is going to be within a score with the ball late in the game. They will be driving down the field to tie the game late. That's what I think will happen. I honestly, God, that's my opinion. But I'm I. There's a little bit of me that's a bit concerned about. Hey, hype, 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 talent, 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 talent. Everything's great. And you drop a dud. I'm just, I, I'm not trying to hate. I really am concerned about that. I think if it were me, and I understand this is going to be a tough game for Notre Dame to win. Right. I don't think there's anybody that believes Notre Dame is going to the shoe to win. Mm-hmm. And that would include me. I think that this is probably 35 31 Ohio State. I think it's over. Mm. I think it's over all day long. Take the over in this game. Yeah. Take the over. It's an ABC game. It is 530 Mountain Time. Which for us is going to be... 130 and uh, Let's go! Um, ah. It, that, do you see what I mean, though? That's 30, why it's tough. I'm going to stick. 35-31, Ohio State wins this game, and and I just don't believe in that defense. What I saw against Michigan and and what I saw against Utah last year. 35-28. They come up short in the end. I think Smith and Jigba's great. I think their offense is great. I think C.J. Stroud is great. Clearly, yeah. 35-31, Ohio State. Okay. that that's where That's where I come down on it. Fair I enough. Just, Fair enough. I think what do the people have to say? Nothing good. We don't need to recount. Nobody went. Well, they're literally they're paying us to hate on us now, which is kind of a a, a step up for us, you know. You know, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Giggity says Notre Dame football is similar to Arizona basketball, overhyped and underperformed. Why? That's right, T. Why? <laughs> Why, Giggity? Why? Richard McDonald. No way Notre Dame pulls off a win on the road. I can't stand the Buckeyes, but those are just facts. Yeah. And then, of course, there's Agnay again. Agne, 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 Agne. Um, 
Yeah. Says, Who the f is that guy? Rudy movie is lit, though. <laughs> Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. Uh, Fat Jesus says, all in with Papa Murphy's is too much. I prefer just the tip. Wow. Wow. Okay. I'm sorry. I thought you said just the tip. You know. Bro. You know. I uh, just, I've always uh, stood on my innocence. You know. Um. Okay. Oh. Okay. What? Just the tip? Yeah. Bold prediction from Hooterville, Texas. Four ninety nine tip. Mm -hmm. Uh says suck it up, Buttercup, uh, as his avatar is suck oh, it okay. up, Buttercup. Right. I'm gonna make a bold prediction. Baylor will shut out BYU. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. That's next week, isn't it? Yeah, a week from now. Okay. Well, and we'll still be in Hawaii. Yeah. Uh, and you yeah, won't. Thanks. Um, okay. You know, <laughs> come on. Uh, Tom Basilius says, did the Notre Dame coach really kill that kid? I'm willing to die for a good cause. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, let's see. Snuka said, Ronaya, when she came back from the dead, LOL. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, Mansa Musa says, Monty, Monty, let's make a side bet. Nah, I'm fine. Um, what do you mean? Did the, <laughs> you're talking about like the lightning strike all those years ago. What are you talking about? Uh, let's see. Brandon price says, uh, what's up y'all glad to finally make the chat again. I work nights, so it's hard to wake up early enough. Anyway, I feel Utah is being very underappreciated. I think the Utah win in Florida by 10 plus. I think that's a really, let's go, baby. that's a really good possibility. Hey, by the way. Before you go into work, go to Papa Murphy's, Monty25, promo code. Let's go. Football 50. Uh, Ken Williams says, Jake, go buy Monty some green glasses. Yeah. I had you know. them. I had them Look, he's not wrong about how good Notre Dame is, but I just think that Notre Dame, you know, and maybe this is a Brian Kelly thing. I don't know. And hopefully it was, and hopefully they've moved on from it. <laughs> this propensity to lose the big game is killing me, man. Like, I would, again... I would love nothing more than to 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 Monday us jump on the show because we are doing shows from Hawaii. Yes, we are delivering for you. Monday, I want to jump on the show and be like, yes, Ohio State loses at the shoe. Suck it. I don't know that that's I'm sorry, happen. Ohio State loses at the shoe. Suck <coughs> it. Okay. Uh, Richard McDonald leaves us a $10 tip. I never send these, LOL, but just want to support the show in a small way. One question. How the hell is Oregon State favored over Blast State? <laughs> it does seem like, you know what, Richard? That's a really good point. I was looking yeah. at, because we do locks every Friday, but we're going to be in Hawaii tomorrow. What? So we're traveling. We're off tomorrow. Don't forget. So we're doing locks today. I was looking at the Oregon State game. I was like, uh, what? It's disrespectful, bro. All right, we'll see. I, I think there's a lot of questions. And, and now I want to see where the line is on the Donnie, please. Let's see. Let me go over here. Uh, let me change my wallpaper to Notre Dame. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, Boise, in my opinion. Boise. Boise and Oregon State are in very similar reputational positions. Except for they have blue turf and they don't. Yeah, idiots. Um, I wonder. And again, this is just me. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many people believe that you can go to Boise and easily win. I wonder how many people believe that Boise is still a force 
to be reckoned with because they're they're good. They're not great. Right. But it but, seems like that's every year. But when I look at when I look at where these lines are on some of these games, yeah, I'm just like, dude, what what are you looking at? Like, what are what are you? Dude! I think this game, Boise State, Oregon State. I I just don't understand it. Boise State has the Beavers, and I want to say it. it, it if this game was in Boise, I think we'd be having a different discussion. Mm-hmm. But I think it's at, it's at home. Research Stadium has become a better home field advantage. But I think you got to take Boise to win that game. Yeah, I, I think it's tough. I, but see, this is where the week one factor comes in, too. I mean, we talked about it with BYU. We've talked about it with Utah. You know, obviously just did Notre Dame. Like, the week one thing, I think, is... It's tough, you know, and head coaches out there will be like, well, you shouldn't be making judgments until like week five because you don't know anything about the team. But what I'm telling you is that, you know, like Boise is good enough to win this game, obviously. And I I just think that when you're when you're playing that level of college football, I think the home field stuff matters more. You know, like when I look at, you know, Utah, Florida, the home field thing doesn't matter as much. I mean, obviously, it's a factor, but I'm not going to sit here and say Utah is going to lose the game because they're on the road. Whereas like with Boise. I'm like, hey, like, yeah, that's a big deal that you're on the road week one. Yeah, but I mean, and, and I get it. Boise's replacing a ton of talent. Um, well, didn't they, they just didn't they just make an investment in infrastructure too, or they, they rolled did. out a plan? They did, but they they announced new you know funding and everything. But their defensive line is going to be able to stop the run. Yeah. Um. I. I mean. I. I don't have any doubt about that. Their secondary is very good. Yeah. Um. You know, as long as is Hank Bachmeyer's your quarterback. I mean, you're there. I, I would think that Boise's going to go there and win. I mean, Oregon State's defense was garbage. Good Lord, my friends. Yeah. You know, like, I, I, I just think that it, it, if Oregon State's going to win this game, it's got to be in the high 30s for both of them. Yeah. It's got to be like 38, 35, 37, 34. Like, it's got to be. I mean, you're going to have to have a shootout because I just don't think. I don't think Oregon State's defense got better. You know, I don't know. It could just be me. Yeah. But who knows? Um, let's see. Tom Basili says, Monty, you read names like you graduated from Notre Dame. Um, what are you talking about? Um, what do you mean? Explain. Uh, uh, let's see. Riley O'Brien says, LMAO with the Kawhi laugh is elite. It is elite. <laughs> it's absolutely elite. <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt. You know, I don't know what you mean by that, Tom. Greg Hawkins says, sup, y'all. Um, let's see. Blood of DePanta says, miss <laughs> most of the episode, but I'll catch back up with everyone. Good morning. Good morning yeah, to you. I appreciate you, you bro. Uh, Hooterville, Texas says, Boise came within a hair of beating Oklahoma State last year, and I believe they should have uh, but a bad call. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They should have won that game. But shoulda, coulda, woulda. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Candies and nuts. You know, it is. You know, just is what, what it is. You know what I mean? You know. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Boise beat Oki Light last year. Renee Roca also says the Ags will continue to pay Jimbo millions for fourth and fifth place in the West. Yeah. Yep. Well, if you're Jimbo Fisher, why would you get into a battle with Nick Saban? This is Coach Saban. Like, what are you thinking? You're I, an idiot. That's like what you're I, thinking. I still don't understand that. But uh, Boise didn't win last year against Okie State. No, they did not. 
No, they didn't. I think Boise wins that game. Yeah. That was one of the games, when, again, not to be redundant, but when we were picking locks last time, I was like, wow, really? Yeah. Do people just have no respect for, for Boise at I'm all? I'm say this again. And I think what happens is people look at, like, graduation rates and who left and... Well, and they look at it and they say, oh, it's Boise. We're not interested. I mean, that's literally what I think happens. Like, hey, it's a small small market team. Like, I don't disagree with but that. But there's a lot that goes on in the in teams like Boise. I, I think they're, it's great conversation, no doubt. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that at all. John Jackson says... 7.24k subs nice yes yeah we're growing we're growing and by the way 7400 now no is that what he said no we can't be at 74 he said 72 oh he said 72 7240 i have no idea what we're at right now yeah i don't track it that closely uh 7257 yeah can you get it right john jackson please it's not like you don't have analytics or anything why are you selling me short bro yeah bro Yes, uh, yes, yes. Let's see. Tanner Plummer. So far, this episode has been much better. However, I understand that everyone wants to talk about Don, and I respect that. That's right, T. <laughs> guy, when is it ever going to be good enough, Tanner? Tanner, my guy, what's going on, man? Are, are you are you just bored, or, or what's been happening in your sports life? I mean, can we can we talk about that a little bit, like Tanner? You know, we're going to make an announcement. Tricky T. I don't know. Probably in less than a month. On a huge change to this show. When we do that, one day you have to come in and host an hour of this M-O-N-T-Y, show. M-O-N-T-Y, the Monty show? The Tanner show. The Monty show. And- the, the Tanner show. <laughs> the Monty show. And- one day, Tanner, <laughs> you are going to have to come in. And you're just, I just want to understand the anger and the vitriol. I don't have much to say. Tanner yesterday was, when he was texting, stop talking about the Like... How did your phone survive the Does it level? Make you feel responsible. Yeah, the level of force running through your thumbs as you texted on this show. Is this the dagger? <laughs> you know, Adler Harris says, "What made you a Notre Dame fan?" Birth made me a Notre Dame fan. <laughs> I grew up in Chicago. Like, I've always been in it's. It. I will tell you, one of the greatest moments of my life as a sports fan is that. When I was a kid, I don't even remember who took me to the game. I don't remember much of my first Notre Dame game. Where is the Italian? I just remember walking up the stairs in the corner of the stadium. And the first time you see the grass, because you, and I remember this at Wrigley Field too. You walk up those stairs and you see the stands. This is before they expanded it. You see the stands. And then the first time you see the end zone with the paint. What's an erection? You see the, seriously, you see the green, like, I'll never forget that. The first time I saw Touchdown Jesus. The first time. Touchdown Jesus. Bro. (laughs) Hey, Tanner, I think we're going to need you for Monday, buddy. Are you serious right now? (laughs) Feathered about this situation. Are you serious right now? What are you? Why are you trying to hurt my soul? He allegedly said what he said. No, it's not even allegedly, Johnny Sack. It's not. Like, why are you saying such hurtful things to I'm me? I'm to die for a good cause. You know, I am. Like, why are you saying such oh hurtful my things God, to me? dude. Okay, so wait, where were we? So, okay, you see Touchdown Jesus, right? Right. And I immediately knew I'd murder my child for saying such hurtful hey things. <laughs> I just want to understand. Look, I, I, 
you know, as the saying goes on the show, right? Oh, I mean, Jesus. look, with go. all due respect, all due respect, you know, like, come on, it's Notre Dame. Like, you know, I don't want to be disappointed. That's what I'm talking about. Why would you be disappointed? Because they always lose the big game. So you lose the allure of seeing the the the, the paint on the field. And all due respect. It's touchdown Jesus, Jake. Who the f*** is that guy? Like, he's wearing a helmet. Who the f*** are you? golden helmet on. Apparently. It's touchdown Jesus, yeah, man. Yeah, apparently, man. Bro, you changed your profile picture of that on Twitter, and everyone thought you got hacked. Everybody thought I got hacked. People got really upset when I Whoa, changed. Whoa, like, you got I, hacked. And I changed, like, the header image and stuff, and people are like, oh, God, here we go. Why? I'm allowed to be a Notre Dame fan. No. We're crying out loud. I don't think so. Defe I'm a Cubs fan. Twitter's they been going suck. Crazy. I'm a Cubs fan. I'm a Bears fan. I'm a Notre Dame fan. I'm a Blackhawk fan. Can I just suffer in silence over here without jerky, jerky boy? Like, oh, go Ohio State. Bucks forever. <laughs> Can I just enjoy my life for one Saturday? <laughs> Yes, dude. Man, I cannot wait for those Buckeyes to kick the crap out of the Irish. <laughs> Holy cow. We're going to drink pina coladas and chew on fresh pineapple oh, watching Ohio State God. trounce Notre Dame. Dude. Fighting Irish my ass. <laughs> can I well just, said. one day, can I just, one day. This is all I need. Man. But yeah, yet, as I, you can see, there's not much hope for you left. I get the spawn of Urban over here. Ow, go box. Hey, Pervin Meyer, you know what I mean? <laughs> you love that. Yeah, because he is. Why? Why? Uh, Mansa Musa says, Monty, uh, A&M near Bama last year, FYI. I don't know what that means. Yeah, I'm not really sure what that means, bro. I don't know what that means. I'm not sure. Uh, Mana Mansa Musa says, "Just you, Monty." Okay. Monty, why the Monty show? Okay, that's fine. That's fine. You know, I that, that's cool. Uh, Tanner said, "Like I said before, I'm burned out on all the Don talk. You've said this for two days in a row." Tricky T. Man, uh, let's see. Ken Ken Williams says, "Rudy Monty." LOL. <laughs> exactly. Jake Dis TD Jesus Cold Boyd Lake says, "Yeah, you're cold blooded." I know. Tanner's about to become the new host of the show. Yeah, I know. Utah and Boise State will never get a fair shake until the path to the playoff is the same for everyone. Totally agree. Alabama and Ohio State win three hard games a year, and the rest are cupcake games. So I don't well, know I think I think they look like cupcake games because they kick the living hell out of those teams. I mean, I don't think we should be sitting here saying that their schedule somehow is cupcake games. Like, every college football team has the Idaho States or the – you know, the nobody states that they play. And I just think that nobody technical institute yeah, like, of technology. You know, come on. What, what was that? What was that? Uh, we got a, a joke on the show yesterday about, uh, damn, I can't remember what it was about, about that school. And someone labeled, labeled it a certain thing. It was hilarious. I just can't remember. Darn it. Um, okay. Like progressive school or something. You remember that? No. Here's Alabama's okay, good, schedule. Good. Yeah. Good. Saturday. Th um, they play Utah state. Then next Saturday, they play Texas. That's a cupcake game. Uh, then they play Louisiana Monroe. Louisiana. And it's going to be a scrimmage. Then they That's play Vandy. Skippy. Then they play Arkansas. Then they play Texas A&M. Tennessee, Mississippi State, LSU, Mississippi, <laughs> Old Miss, Austin P on November 19th, and then Auburn. 
So they've got, what, three cupcake games on that schedule, I think. I don't know, is Utah State a cupcake game? This is Coach Saban. Yeah, probably. So four. Yeah. You know, like, but Vandy, Vandy, five. But you can't tell me that Texas, um, Arkansas, A&M, Tennessee, Mississippi State, LSU, Old Miss. Well, it's the SEC. I mean, Auburn. they're good teams, bro. I mean, you're in you're in one of the most difficult conferences in the country. Now, Ohio State, I don't know what Ohio, I haven't looked at Ohio State's schedule. Um, Ohio State's schedule. Let's see. Ohio State's schedule looks Buckeyes like Buckeyes and right Ryan there. Day. Ohio State, uh, they play Notre Dame. <laughs> then, well. I mean, that's a cupcake game, obviously. Are, shut, <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not. God. Dude! <laughs> Uh, Arkansas State, Toledo, mm. okay, number eighteen, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. Rutgers, mm-hmm. Michigan State, Iowa, Penn State, Northwestern, Indiana. Who, by the way, Indiana's resurgent again. Yeah, Maryland and uh, and Michigan to end the season. Yeah, t- see, to me, that's a pretty light schedule. Okay, that's, how many I easy mean, games? Arkansas State, Toledo, easy. Wisconsin's not an easy game. Rutgers, nah, you should win that game. Three. Yeah. Michigan State, no. Iowa, no. Penn State, no. Northwestern, no. Indiana. Oh, no, come on with Northwestern. Come on. That's a game Ohio State should win, dude. Come on. It's not should they win it. It's is it a cupcake? It's not. I'll give you Toledo, Arkansas State, Rutgers, three right there. Maybe Indiana. Okay, four. Yeah. Come Maryland, on. no. Michigan, no. I mean, they're playing. I give. I'll, okay, four easy games. But I think sometimes we just check the box of, oh, it's a gimme or it, it's not a gimme. You know, I, just, yeah. I, I, I think yeah. I think sometimes we forget that they actually still have to go out, recruit this talent, develop this talent. I mean, the, the secret of Nick Saban's success here on the Machi Show presented by the Advocates, get to utahadvocates.com. Um, I think I think the 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 secret is that you have you have a guy in Nick Saban that just has a system that works. This is Coach Saban. It's what separates him from, and I don't even want to say Jimbo Fisher's name, but it's why Jimbo Fisher's not Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. But Jimbo is, is Jimbo Fisher Brian Kelly? Brian Kelly's probably had more success than Jimbo. Brian's at LSU now. You're into the fire. Does Brian Kelly's Notre Dame system put LSU into the playoff every year almost like it did at Notre Dame? I don't know. But I can tell you this. As a Notre Dame fan, Brian Kelly wasn't nearly enough. Brian Kelly's a guy who's had trouble meeting expectations. Y'all feel me? You know, I don't know. Yeah, dude. Hullabilly says, uh, beats being a Northwestern fan by a mile. Yes, it does. I would agree with that. I would agree. Uh, Caleb. Uh, Alamore says, look, the bad Boise call was just karma for the bad call against Central Michigan in 2016. Yowzer. Okay. Uh, Jackson Graham, good morning, UX. He says, why would the Big 12 be falling apart? Well, that, by the way, um, to go back to that conversation, I think that part of that conversation is that you have you have two teams in OU and Texas that are looking to pull the ripcord right now. They want to leave to the SEC. And I thought one of the commenters, one of our listeners earlier, made a really good point. That's a leverage point for ESPN, in my opinion. Yeah. I agree with that. I'm stealing that take. Yeah. Um, But I think, you know, when you compare what's going on with the TV rights between the Pac-12 and the Big 12, the question is, is Oklahoma and Texas leaving? Is that 
foundational for the Big 12. Of course it is. Yeah. But does that mean they're crumbling or falling apart? By some estimations, it does. Not mine. Yeah. I think the Big 12 is perfectly positioned. Uh, Tanner says, wait, is Urban Meyer Jake's real dad? See, now we're talking. Now we're talking. With all due respect. Tanner, careful. You know. Uh, Richard McDonald says, why do some people come here just to hate? Makes no sense. I'm not sure. You know. I I am not sure. Uh, how is that karma? Boise State had nothing to do with the Central Michigan call. That's not how karma works. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, listen. If you're losing on a call. We we don't yeah, we don't we, we don't need to get into all that. Why? Come on. It's better than talking about Notre Dame and You gotta fuck one, marry one, kill one. Go. Anyway, yeah. uh San Diego State Aztecs twenty one. San Diego minus six versus Arizona on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh gotta go Arizona um to win that game. Um no, that's a lie. San Diego State's gonna win that game by ten. Um, the question is, yeah, Fish has done a nice job building that Arizona football program, but I just think they're, they're not talented. Yeah. They're not talented. San Diego state has a, has these first two games are huge. Cause then you come to Salt Lake city in mid September on Saturday, October 17th or September 17th, excuse me. Same day. We'll be at barbecue pit stop in Lehigh doing the BYU Notre Dame. God, good frick. BYU Oregon watch party giving away a trip to see BYU Notre Dame. Yeah. But then, I mean, it really should be this game against Arizona. That could make you a one loss San Diego State team. Because you look at San Diego State's schedule, it's pretty cake. I mean, what is your toughest game after after Utah? I know you're not going to Hawaii. Hawaii is coming to you. Right. Right. San Jose State shouldn't be. UNLV, hell no. Probably that trip to New Mexico and then home for Air Force. Probably should be a one loss San Diego State team this year. Yeah. Because you're not beating you're not beating Utah at Utah. That's not gonna happen, in my opinion. Uh Giggity said if Tanner uh gets to host the show for an hour, you better buckle up for RSL talk. Dude. Well, Tanner and Mrs. Monty are doing a podcast and at some point. Why don't you illuminate me? Mrs. Monty is not amused by that. Uh, Marlon Shaw, have a great time in Hawaii. Awesome experience with my young kids. Made the watch, made them watch Torah, Torah, Torah before going after visiting Arizona Memorial was memorable. Um, they got to, they got the reference of the site. Yeah, I think that's one of the most powerful things I've ever seen is the Pearl Harbor site. Really powerful. Um, so interesting. Uh, real quick. I want to, speaking of Marlon Shaw, because then we need to get to getting on with getting on. Um, We are going to Hawaii. We will be off tomorrow. If the Donovan Mitchell trade breaks tomorrow, say la vie. Uh, If it doesn't break tomorrow, we, we should be able to be live when it breaks. We will be doing shows in Hawaii next week. Um, So... We will be here absolutely. We'll have, we'll have uh, Monster Monday reacting to all the football from over the weekend, the there, BYU and the uh, Utah wins. There are a couple of days while we're in Hawaii where we won't have shows in the morning because we're doing some things like snorkeling and hiking. And but we will procreating. have, yeah. I mean, we will have, we will do as many shows as we can. I said procreating on the regular schedule. Procreating. 
And by the way, the show is going to be later because of the time difference. So yeah, we're not getting up at two in the morning to do a show at six thirty Mountain. Yes. Yeah. So you're probably going to be seeing us like midday ish while we're in Hawaii because of the time difference. So keep that in mind as well. Riley O'Brien says, "Jake, please give us a Kawhi laugh." Oh, you need the Kawhi laugh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> MH5 says, "Is Jake Urban's wingman at the club, or is it the other way around? Who's got more games?" I remember when I had my first beer. Who's got more? You have zero girl game. Zero. That's why I have a girlfriend, you know? Yeah, because you, well, I mean, you got you one on the hook. One, marry one, you gotta bring one. The, Go. You got to bring that fish in when you get it on the hook because you only. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, let's see. Marlon Shaw says, I really want to pick some ACC teams and think they will break up soon. Yeah. Pick up some ACC teams? Think that, well, I don't know about that. I think the ACC is fine. I think the ACC is going to is – we'll see. Probably a different show because this show's over. Thanks to our friends at the Utah Advocates, uh, injury attorneys, fantastic injuries attorney, injury attorneys. I've known them for at least 10 years. Um, the advocates know if you need to call them. You're in a tough spot. You're injured. You're stressed. You're worried about how to take care of your family. They understand and they want to help. Talking to an advocate about your case won't cost you a dime. And as soon as the advocates start working on your case, you can start healing. Chat online today. Today. UtahAdvocates.com. 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 Until Monday, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.